Hey there guys and gals, it's your old pal Paul. It's contest time here at GeekPod. Want to win a four pack of free Five Wits tickets? Of course you do. All you have to do is go to iTunes and leave a five star review on the GeekPod page. Not only will we read it on the air, but we will pick the best one and reward them with free Five Wits tickets. And now, back to a brand new GeekPod podcast. My name is Paul, and I'm a comic book geek. My name is Hugh, and I'm an all-purpose geek. My name is Corbs, and I'm a sports geek. My name is Jack, I'm a history geek. This is GeekPod. Welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. And I'm Corbs. Welcome back, guys. So, let's address it. We, we, we teased it on the Fist of Conchu already. Um, typically, when we start off something like this, it's because I'm under the weather and I'm going to spend the entire episode hacking and coughing. But, Dr. Hugh, take it away. I had four teeth pulled this morning. We recorded the Fist of Conchu while I still could not feel half of my face. Um, I can feel that half of my face now. So, if I am not uh, on the very top of my game, please give me credit for showing up today. And if that wasn't enough, <laughs> Corbs! Yeah, uh, I've been sick since uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Wednesday morning I woke up throwing up, and I have been pretty much hacking up a lung since Wednesday afternoon. So, if all of a sudden you hear people coughing. It's just the fact that... We decided to record today while everybody is under the weather. Hugh's the, uh, the he's main. The big, yeah, he's the big one because I know that I know how that feels. I've had three teeth pulled, and you sit four, four teeth. But I've had three oh. on my own pulled, and you sitting here recording right now. I give you mad props because when the Novocaine wore off on mine, I couldn't look at anybody. What did I text you yesterday? Do I need to read? Go back and see what it said. I texted you. Oh. Art is pain. Art is, is pain. That's it right. Sounded emo. Sounded ridiculously emo. I had to get a good chuckle out of that. Uh, so now that we've gone around the table and talking about how we're either the walking wounded or sick and dying, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I feel great. I don't know what's wrong with you pussies. <laughs> so anyway, Sit a little closer to Corbs. You're right. Take care yeah. of that. Gentlemen, what's got you geeked? Well, I'm excited because The X-Files is coming back. Is, uh, I know you've watched The X-Files, Corbs. I've seen some of it. My, my dad was a big X-Files fan, so I, I did catch some okay. of it. Uh, very excited. Fox announced this week, uh, for real this time, not just, hey, we're talking about it. Uh, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson are signed on to reprise their roles as Fox Mulder and uh, Dana Scully for a six-episode limited series. Uh, Chris Carter is, uh, I assume, writing and, of course, executive producing, and uh, they're getting the gang back together. Has me very excited. I think it's been, uh, it'll give them a better chance to do something good than the movies did, because the movies always had to worry about the casual 
viewer. They still have to, to a degree, but people coming to watch this are going, oh, The X-Files is back. I don't know if we're going to call this Season 10. I don't know if it's going to uh, eclipse what they've done in the, the comic book version for Season 10, which hasn't been going for that long. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm excited. It'd be great to have The X-Files back on. And, and you know, I know that they said that they had trouble getting those two together because of their busy careers. Now, I know Jillian Anderson has one show, and, and she's, I guess she's a regular on Hannibal, uh, which are, it, it's a show that, you know, doesn't run all year. But what has David Duchovny been doing? I mean, Californication is yeah, over. That's yeah, so the last, last thing I've seen him in was Californication. So I just, you know, was it really that hard to get them together? I mean, I mean, Californication ran for, I mean, it was, I think it was an HBO or Showtime yeah. thing, but I mean, that, that went for a couple couple of years, maybe five, six years. So I mean, yeah. you can see where that would lead to a little bit of a, an issue, but but I mean, it's been off the air for what, fifteen years, maybe ten years. Oh, the X Files, I think twenty. Yeah. So Jesus, has it been twenty uh, I think, years? I think they celebrated their fifty. It's fifteen or twenty. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah. like you said, it's really been that hard to get them back together. Yeah. Over the, the entire course of especially you know the limited run. You know, six episodes. Um, but you know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping that it leads uh, to the door being open for there being th this to be something regular. Like, you know, we're probably going to see Kiefer Sutherland back in another 24, you know, miniseries. Um, because Fox is realizing that, hey, we don't have to run these things into the ground. We don't have to just end them. We can come back to that well every couple years and people are interested again. I'd love to see multiple things like this with the X-Files. And if they bring back, you know, like uh, Doggett and Reyes, those two... Uh, uh, agents that kind of came in there near the end when, you know, David Duchovny wasn't always on the show. I really liked them. Uh, what is it? Is it uh, Robert, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. And then the girl was uh, Annabeth Gish. That's right. And I thought they were... I really liked them a lot. Um, I mean, I understood that, hey, you know, this was, you know, Dana uh, or Scully and uh, Mulder's show, but they were well-developed characters. And I, I went back a couple years ago and I rewatched the entire uh, nine seasons, and again, really enjoyed those uh, those last seasons with those two. I liked the characters. Wouldn't mind seeing them back if they can pick up the slack while uh, the two main stars are are out doing whatever they're doing. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing more than just six episodes. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be interesting. Me too, actually. Corbs. Uh, what's got me geeked is uh, opening day, baseball. Getting ready. I'm getting ready. It's it's uh it's it's there. It's here. So. Yeah, it's less than a week away as of yeah, this recording. Yeah, uh, first game is n well, no, it's eight days next Sunday, I think. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it said six days on Friday. My bad. <coughs> so yeah, that's that's what's got me geeked. I'm just uh, I'm stoked for baseball to start and the weather to not be so shitty. All right, we're still looking at probably the first few games at Fenway Park having snow, you know, snow covered. <laughs> <laughs> So that's 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 what's got me geeked. I mean, I'm not going to go into a huge thing like you just said about the X Files. I mean, you have a problem with my huge thing? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be the no. first. <laughs> All right. Well, can't be there already. Right. <laughs> it's got to be a new record. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So uh, so Major League Baseball. You know, baseball starting up. That's that's my. I can't wait. You know, it's supposed to be a good a good year for the White Sox. You know, here's hoping, but everybody's kind of reloaded. So. Thanks to Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> so, that's it. Outstanding. And what's got me geeked? I, I, got, I gotta stop you for a second. I feel kind of left out. Hugh's got notes. 
you got notes, and I'm sitting here with my finger in my ass. Uh, that's because yeah, you we, can have a notebook. <laughs> Sweet. We, th these are our own personal notes. Yeah. Right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put a notebook in front of me so now I feel kind of important. All right. All right. <laughs> so anyway, what's got me geeked is Corbs has a notebook. No, I'm just kidding. Mallrats two. I saw that. Kevin Smith announced he is making a Mallrats 2. The movie no one wanted a sequel to. Those are his words. Well, I gotta let him know. I wanted a sequel to it. I love Mallrats. Mallrats was actually the gateway for me into the, the Viewisk universe. That's what got me started. Then I went back and saw Clerks, which apparently, if you go by his chronological order, I watched them correctly, so fuck y'all. Mallrats takes place one day before Clerks. I did not know that. I didn't know that either, and I watched him in the correct order then, too. <laughs> so, they've already confirmed, and Kevin Smith is doing this over his social media, confirming returning stars as it's happening. Jason Lee was just announced, right? Jason Lee's been announced. Obviously, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes are coming back. Nice. Ethan Suppley, who played Willem, who couldn't yeah, see yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the sailboat. The sailboat. <laughs> the schooner. I why I get to see the sailboat. Ethan Suppley is coming back. Shannon Doherty is coming back. T.S. Quint himself, Jeremy London, was the last one, unless there has been a new announcement today that I haven't seen, is coming back. And Michael Rooker has agreed to come back, which kind of almost means that they have to get the girl back to play the daughter there. Oh, uh, Claire, Claire Forlani. Forlani. If, if, if He's coming back. Yeah. They've got to have the daughter come back at some point. But, big one. <coughs> Stan Lee is confirmed to come back from All Rats 2. <laughs> so, we are uh, working our way towards getting the entire cast back. This is interesting because he's making Clerks 3, too. Yes, he is. This is all after he said he was done making movies. Yes, and then uh, Tusk changed to all of that. He got the bug again when he decided he was... When he decided he was making the Walrus movie, and made him want to make all sorts of movies. I bet his movies wife again. is thrilled. Well, she should be. It's more cash rolling in. Yeah. As long as these don't have Mom. the same track record yeah. as Tusk did. Yeah, but you gotta think. I mean, Mallrats. I mean, it didn't do that great in the theaters, but it, man, it's got a definitely got a huge, huge cult following. Well, all of his movies do. They yes. are, you know, it's not something that make a lot of money at the theater, but once they hit, you know, home video, home video or whatever. It, blows up for him, so... I have yet to see Tusk. I own it, and I haven't watched it yet, either. Yeah, I, I keep meaning to. The last <clears> movie <throat> of his I saw was Red State, which was... I have not watched that, either. I got it for Christmas. So good. That's what I heard. You wouldn't even think it was a Kevin Smith movie. See, I, my problem is, with having the, the two toddlers running around, it makes it hard to just throw those movies in. So yeah. I have to schedule time. Or perhaps we should do a, a Geek Pod night somewhere, and maybe we'll do screenings of films. That way I can get around to actually watching these and have a reason to do it. <laughs> I'd say, you know, let us know, you know, if that would be cool, if that's something you guys want to do, but anytime we fucking ask you guys to fucking respond, we hear got nothing. So, <laughs> prove to us there's an audience out there. So, yeah, I was just thinking, are we just going to divvy up those tickets to ourselves? I guess. I guess we're going to win. We were just going to go do the, uh, the giveaway ourselves. But now I guess we're referencing. We might as well tell them about the contest we're running. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. You mean a fucking dark well, over here. Well, it went out week. on last week's podcast. You wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
And it's on the Facebook feed. You wouldn't. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. Ironically, I'm part of this team, but I don't even go on your Facebook, on Facebook page. So that is that. So what are we talking about? We are talking about Five Wits giving us a four-pack of tickets to give away. Fucking okay, Now, we're not asking an awful lot. Just to respond? We are asking people to go to iTunes. Okay. Leave us a five-star review. Make your review entertaining. Okay. You can taunt us. You can tell us how bad we suck. As long as you give us five stars. That's the important part. You can tell us we suck. You can tell us how great we are. Be funny. Be entertaining. Be thought-provoking. We're going to pick our favorite one out of all of the reviews that come in. And they are going to be awarded the four-pack of tickets. And I think you need to state that we plan on reading, well, probably all of these on air. And, well, yeah, we, I'm... Depending. I mean, if we get... A lot. A metric ton. I'd be happy to read I would be thrilled. Okay, and then... He was going to do his own spin-off podcast of him just reading the reviews. <laughs> that would be fantastic. But no, yes, anyone that's going to take the time to write us a review, I'll be happy to read it on the air and, and attribute it to whoever it was. Alright. Sounds good. Alright. Now... Anyone listening to this has already heard about it anyway, because this is going to be tacked on to the beginning of the episode as well. So. Right. On to new business. Is it time for the news? Let's get into the news. All right, let's get into the news. Uh, first of all, don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it. Just got to throw it out there because it's my personal favorite. The new run of Doctor Who turned 10 this week, actually. I believe it was this past Wednesday. Makes it a little complicated because it's either 10 years old or 52 years old, depending on how you count. But regardless, it's been 10 years since Doctor Who came back. Um, happy birthday, Doctor Who. feel like we just celebrated the 50th anniversary two years ago, but whatever. Uh, beyond that, big news that came out this week. AMC has finally given us the name of the Walking Dead spinoff. This spinoff is going to be set in L.A. It has already been uh, picked up for two seasons, a six episode uh, start beginning season and then uh, who knows what the second season is going to be next year going to be debuting late summer and it is are you guys ready for this fear the walking dead kind of anticlimactic there yeah um i almost think they were sitting around in the writer's room going we have to brand it as walking dead we don't know what to do. Ah, fuck it. Uh, you know, I'm going to watch it. I'm probably oh, yeah. going to love yeah. it. Yeah, I'm guessing since it's, you know, coming from the same people, uh, it's going to be fantastic. The name is... Uh, you know, is it lazy, or did they really just rack their brains and go, there's no way, nothing we can come up with to connect this? You know, it's not like Romero. He had his night of, you know? I mean, it's easy for him to come up with names for his you know, sequel movies, you know, mm -hmm. Cheesecake of the Walking Dead or whatever, you know, <laughs> right. you got it in there. The Walking Dead just doesn't have, there's no real way to add on to that. Right. Yeah. Unless you're going to go, like, CSI style and go Walking Dead Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, who knows if it's going to stay there, though. They've already said that uh, one of the characters uh, from this first season is going to meet up with the survivors of the regular show next season. Really? Yes. So I don't I know if this that. is. Yeah, they have they have said that, and I don't. They haven't said which one, but somebody is going to be. There's going to be some cross show stuff. 
Uh, the, the new show starts at the beginning, like even before the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah I heard that, yeah. And I'm guessing that it's going to primarily stay behind. Maybe we'll see a character go off on their own and then they show up in Georgia or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't think they're actually going to be running concur concurrently, uh, at least not at first. But uh, there is room for, you know, hey, if, if Morgan survives this year, maybe he'll show up there. You know, who knows? Well, they are separated by the entire country, so they've got to be a little realistic about how they do that and how often right, they and do how that. quickly they can <laughs> make yep. it out to see them. That's true. Any thoughts on that corpse? I actually saw that yesterday too. That they come up with the name for for the, the, the spinoff, and I was kind of saying like you, I was like, really? You couldn't come yeah. up with anything better. I mean, they were talking about a, a few other names out there. It was Coda was one of them, something like that. I mean, but Cobalt, Cobalt, Cobalt. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I think that was just uh, what they were calling it while. Um, they, they were doing the preliminary stuff because a lot of these production companies, what they'll do is if they have stuff for a series and they want to keep it under wraps, <coughs> excuse me, they will actually give it a code name. Like yeah. for instance, when Doctor Who was coming back, um, everything related to Doctor Who was actually called Torchwood, which eventually became a spinoff of, yeah. of the yeah. show. But they wanted to make sure people didn't know that they were making it, so all the stuff, all the scripts, everything, Torchwood, which interestingly enough is an anagram of Doctor Who. <laughs> so I think it was kind of what they were starting to do, but then they came out and they, they kind of said that. So we all knew anything related to Cobalt was Fear the Walking Dead. So clearly the U.S. does not do this whole you know secret spy TV show <laughs> stuff as well as Britain does. Right. But if James Bond is protect, protecting your television secrets, you're probably going to do a better job anyway. True. Uh, beyond that, we also saw the uh, first uh, look at the Deadpool costume. And I know, Paul, you talked <laughs> to me about this earlier. Please, please, tell me what you think. The costume is perfect. It is perfect. It's CGI, though. Whoa. It's got to be. I mean, look at the eyes. Well, that's true. And I, mean, I did read some people looked at it closely, and they said that they, they really think the whole thing is CGI. And, you know... <clears throat> I actually don't have a problem with that. I liked the Green Lantern costume in Green Lantern. Um, yeah, I thought the CGI worked. I didn't think there was anything weird about it. I mean, there are other things about that movie. <laughs> right. And I kind of figured if they're going to do his eyes properly, those have to be CG because those those white eye holes are how Deadpool emotes, and emotes very well. And you can see that in the picture. What I felt bad about is if this whole thing is CGI... One of the biggest reasons this movie is getting made is because Ryan Reynolds has been trying for years to get it made, and he, he doesn't even get to the flag. On, yeah. He doesn't even get to put on the costume. The, they have awful. to have a physical costume, though, because <coughs> the first picture that he posted was of him standing there with the mask. So there is at least a physical costume. Yeah, I just feel bad for the guy because he doesn't get to run around and jump and swing swords. Probably not dressed all up like Deadpool. He's right. going to be in like you know a, 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 green a blue suit. suit or yeah. A green suit. yeah. Yep. But I mean, it was great. I mean, if that's what it's going to look like in the movie, it looks awesome. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and beyond that, the last thing I have on the news this week, and sorry, this is all TV related, but we all uh, came with some. We're supposed to have some comic recommendations this week, so figured I'd go over to the other side. Nerdist has reported that CBS is currently looking at making a new Star Trek TV show. Now, what's interesting about this is. Uh, a couple years back, there were two pitches for a Star Trek TV show because it had been a while since Star Trek had been on the air. And uh, one of them kind of recast the original crew and, you know, kind of almost like a reboot. The other one, which was uh, brought to the table by Brian Singer and a couple other uh, big names in Hollywood, uh, was basically the idea, a hundred years in the future, the Federation has kind of gotten fat and lazy. They kind of run things. You see where the Klingon and the Ferengi and all the other alien races kind of evolved to. Everybody's happy and comfortable. And then some new threat comes along and knocks everyone on their asses. 
and they have to build a new super-powered enter enterprise, you know, something basically to combat this because they weren't prepared for it. Now, they decided they weren't going to do the TV show because J.J. Um, Abrams was making the movies, they wanted to focus on that, and of course, in doing going back to the original series kind of took the first one off the table. They're coming back to it now, and they are going to concentrate on getting Trek 3 out first, but I guess the, the plan is, from the rumor, is that um, they are really looking at this second option, and it has been brought back to the table. Brian Singer's name is still attached to it. He is, is really big on this. He really wants to get this made. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're it's ten years since Enterprise, you know, went oh, out wow. here. Yeah. You know, it, it's been a long time. It's set in the original timeline. Uh, which will make a lot of people happy. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I personally feel like it's been too long this, since Star Trek's been on the air. I'd be down for it. I like the concept if they're going with it, where it's it's where everybody's evolved and we're moving on, and that's where we are. Look back in. I mean, that's cool. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably something that I would add to my ridiculously large list of television well, programs. I think the, the one thing about this is it, is it makes it safe, because Paramount doesn't want to hurt their movie franchise. Now, I really don't think that the current movie franchise is going to move beyond three. Um, as much as I, I have enjoyed the movies, I think that they've made a couple mistakes. People are going to come back in 60 years, and The Wrath of Khan is still going to be a fucking awesome movie, and people who are into this kind of stuff are still going to watch that movie. 60 years from now, nobody's going to come back and go, Into Darkness was a fucking awesome movie. It's a classic. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And it seems like the new stars, they, they kind of, you know, after three movies, they probably want to do their own things. They can pretty much write their own ticket. This is not a franchise that is going to endure like the original one did. It's a shame that it has supplanted the original one because now you can't really ever go back to anything. And, of course, everybody's dead now, just right. about. Um, but it, it, it kind of limited their options. So by doing this, you know, Federation uh, idea TV show, far enough into the future, where whether it's set in the original or the new timeline or whatever, has no effect. They could still make movies as long as they can sign people on for them. Uh, but the two things don't have to be dependent on each other. So I think it's a smart move. Uh, and maybe, who knows, Captain Picard could get stuck in a transporter accident and get sent to the future. Interesting. <laughs> but no, I, I think I think it's a smart move because they don't want to damage either franchise. It makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. And it's the like you're saying, it's it's the perfect solution for it. Yeah, I just I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, are we gonna be going back and are people gonna be saying, you know, I think William Shatner was the best Kirk. I think Chris Pine was the best Kirk. The movies just don't feel the same. I don't think you're gonna hear anyone say that Chris Pine was the best. And I, and I thought he was good. He's but. cool. He he's he could have been named any other character though, and that's he'd still be yeah. the same cool factor that he's got going on. There's nothing in him that screams Kirk to me. I and mean, he doesn't even talk like this. Oh come on! That's <laughs> so old. That's I don't I don't feel favorite. there's anything in those movies that will make them them endure though. I agree. I agree. Corbs yeah, is yeah. Like, what's a Star Trek? <laughs> no, I've seen Star Trek. Actually, I've seen all the original Star Treks, uh, one through five or whatever. And you're right, uh, hands down, Khan is the best one. You know. Actually, you know, my favorite was the Undiscovered Country, and everybody thinks I'm nuts for that. But. So, to each their own. Uh, it was the one where um, they were put on trial by the Klingons, and they had to go save, go like beam them right off um, whatever that moon is, Kronos. 
because uh, I was Kirk and uh, McCoy were on trial. Do you recall that? I don't. Uh, Christopher Plummer uh, was in the movie, and in the beginning, uh, some Klingon chancellor is killed uh, while on board a ship. They frame Kirk and uh, McCoy. Anyway, you know, a lot of people don't look at it as being one of the best in the franchise. To me, it felt like the one that was most like an episode of the old series. Whereas, Wrath of Khan, Voyage Home, great movies, big epic set pieces, uh, The Undiscovered Country felt like the old television series to me. Nice. Anyway, that kind of went sideways and crazy into The Undiscovered Country. Um, <laughs> why don't we get back on track? What do you have up for us, Paul? Well, you probably heard... Seth Rogen is spearheading a television adaption of the comic book series Preacher. That should be your what the fuck file right there. Well, this, because we tacked in Seth Rogen into that? Just that he's the one doing this. That's yeah. That, when, when I first saw this, my reaction was, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm okay with him being a player behind the scenes, as long as we don't find out a month down the road that he's Jesse Custer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, all of a sudden, all bets are off if they go that route. But no, it's, news is coming fast and furious on casting for this now. Uh, it first came out that Tulip has been cast, who is the female lead. And you might have to help me out here. I've actually never read Preacher. I have. It's been a long time. But female lead, Tulip, is going to be played by Ruth Nega. Um, you may know her as Reyna from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. She's the... How do I want to even say this so that people don't call us racist? The uh, darker-skinned girl with the curly hair. Very who, pretty. Very pretty. Who worked for worked for the bad guys. Worked for Hydra. I don't even know if Corbs is watching no. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, you know, you could have told us that yeah. before. Oh, I, 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 I wanted to see how long you'd go with it. Oh, you just wanted to see me make a racial faux pas? <laughs> <laughs> that brown skin girl. Well, you know, I never know what to say because, you know, my my wife is is half black, and her um, half of her family, her you know, her father was you know very very dark. Uh, her mother is very very white. Leads to very interesting family dynamic. I never know what's okay to say, you know, like in my day to day life dealing with people and stuff like that. I don't generally even have to to worry about that or refer to color. Uh, but whenever it does come up, I feel weird because I'm afraid I'm going to use whatever was the accepted word last time I, I checked. You know, I, I mean, I guess we're not as allowed to say African American. Or wait, I don't is know. that still? I, I'm just confused. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I've never been politically correct. So. <laughs> well, yeah. but well, you know, the thing is, I've always worried about it because uh, growing up, my parents adopted. Um, African-American kids, uh, uh, you know, disabled kids, you know, from the inner city, you know. So I, right from the beginning, growing up in Oswego County, where everybody's a racist, you know, backwoods wow. country, um, I had black brothers and sisters. So it, it's it's always been a, a topic for me because I didn't grow up seeing color as a an thing. Issue. Yeah, it's not an issue, but everybody I knew, it was an issue. Which is insane. Yeah, so it, it's always been a really weird place for me, and I, I never know how to... to um, speak to it, I guess. I get flustered because it's, it's like you know, afraid. You know, you say the wrong thing. Somebody, you know, gets me. a good example. I, I'm sorry, this is off topic. Let's not forget we're talking about preaching. I'm putting a pin in. We'll come back to okay. it. Okay. Um, years ago, I uh, did some college courses over the summer, and part of the whole thing that they had us do was we had our, our courses in the morning and afternoon. We also had to go and do um, activity time, gym time, and um, I loved to play basketball at that point. And there was this one um, black kid, big guy. 
uh, who they always put up against me. You know, he was always guarding me, and I'm not all that graceful. And whenever I thought I fouled him, I would uh, say I'm sorry. You know, and you know, and it'd be like you know, when you're you're always covering somebody, you're always slamming into him, whatever. You know, always saying sorry. Uh, after about a week, he goes, "Why are you always saying you're sorry to me? Is it because I'm black?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I didn't even say I'm sorry, black kid. I said I'm sorry." You know, that never even occurred to me. But it occurred to him just because I was white. And that one instance has always made me so cautious because it's not about what my intentions are. It's how somebody takes Perception. it. Perception. Yeah. And they don't look at me and go, yeah, you know, that kid's got, you know, black brothers and sisters, a black wife. And, you know, I'm like, Avery, she's mixed as well. So they, they don't see that. Right. They just see some white guy who said something that made them upset. Right. And then they pull out a gun and shoot me. <laughs> Okay, we're extrapolating it out a little bit too far. I'm I just think. saying, you know, it always makes me uncomfortable. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's, that's quite all that, right. That's what this is all about, getting that crazy stuff out, right? That's right. That's yep. why these mics are here. Otherwise, it's just sitting here on drinking. All right. So, anyway, they've also cast, as I understand it, the main character's good buddy and hard-drinking vampire friend, Yes. Cassidy. He's being played by British actor Joseph Gilgan. Um, for those who don't know who he is, like me, um, he recently starred in This Is England, and he's going to have a role in Vin Diesel's upcoming movie, The Last Witch Hunter. Don't know who he is. Don't really know who many of the people in this show are, who they're going to be. I didn't realize Vin Diesel made anything other than Fast and Furious movies. Guardians of the Galaxy. Come on. Yeah, that's right. And they've also cast Ian Collette to play Eugene Root. If we don't know who Eugene Root is, you might know him by his more colorful name in the series. Arseface. Oh, yeah. Now, Ian Collette is on um, Fox's Rake. Has anyone seen Rake? I think I read an article about it. Or I saw an article about it and didn't read it. Okay. I've, I've never heard of the show before I did this research, but he plays a character on there called Finn Dean, for any of you Rake fans. Rake, with a K. Not, you know, with a P. Yeah. So we're clear. Um, but I guess this is going to be another AMC TV series, if that makes a difference to anybody else. That's probably also going to end up on the Sunday night lineup with Walking Dead and... You know what's great about that is I know my wife is all upset because Walking Dead is ending and she looks forward to our, our Sunday night ritual a lot. I mean, because Sunday nights is popcorn night. That's when we have popcorn every week. Nice. And we had it last night because I knew I wouldn't be able to eat it today. Or tomorrow. But, uh, you know, I told her, well, hey, you know, with Walking Dead, the companion series, if it gets ends up being a full series, you know, after this first short one, that's 16 Walking Deads. If we can get 16 of the companion uh, series... Um, I know The Strain isn't on AMC, but that kind of takes the place of The Walking Dead when it's on The Preacher. I mean, it'd be nice for there always to be something on Sunday nights that we're looking forward to. Game of Thrones as well. Because when, when we have that, that gaping hole in our lineup where there's nothing to watch live, because those are shows we always watch live, she gets very sad, and I don't like it when my wife is sad. No, we don't, we don't want our wives sad. Exes, they can be sad. <laughs> All right. I, I dare say that, Corbs, you're kind of sleeping on the mic over there. Where Wigs would be very disappointed in you. Wigs. 
Okay, so moving have you, on. Have you, ever, have you spoken to him at all? I have not. And you're the second person that's asked me that today. Who was the first? They're not here, so it doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> Just wondering, is he still alive? Well, I think. I hope if so. If he's out there, you know, maybe give us a phone call once in a while. You know, let right. us know that you're, you know. Last there. time I spoke to him was on Christmas. He called and wished me a Merry Christmas. Is his wife pregnant again? Probably. That's what they do. That's what that's <laughs> what they do. Should we have him come back after the Walking Dead season finale? And wrap up? Yeah. <laughs> see, now we've got them all choked up. Oh, don't be sad, Corbs. We'll see Wigs someday. <laughs> Probably in The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'd uh, I'd also like to to touch on um. Don't no, no t- don't touch. The CW's The Flash. I said that way on purpose because I don't want people misconstruing that I want to touch The Flash. You you would though. No, he's not my type. Now the girl that was playing Linda Park, I would touch her. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys caught up on the Flash? You know I. If you say no, I'm going to throw this bottle of water at you. I, I just haven't seen this week's episode. You know why I haven't seen this week's episode? Because I was catching up on Arrow because I was three episodes behind, and I know they're doing a. a they're working towards it again. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to be caught up on both. So I did not watch this week's episode. Um. Not something major happened? Yeah, it was a big episode. It was a very, well, very I mean, big we episode. already know that Harrison Wells is a... Uh, Douchebag? Yeah. Like, yes. He's, he's the reverse Flash, so I don't see yeah. what bigger could have happened. Did you watch this week's this past week's episode, Corpse? I'm caught up on everything, man. Okay. So trust, you, you, you tr- know... Tr- trust me. I was out of work oh, that's on true. Wednesday. <laughs> so he's caught up on everything. <laughs> even shows he wasn't watching. Oh. See, even if I was out of work, I don't get to do that because my days off, I do things with the family. If I happen to be home on a day where I wasn't supposed to be home, um, I'd be watching. There's more things. Yeah, it's Disney all day. And at that point, by the time she goes down for a nap, I'm ready for one too. That's right. Then it's it's nap time for you. Just as well. I remember. Go, go I remember those days. So mm-hmm. yeah. go ahead and talk about it. I yeah. no, we don't have to touch on too much. I mean, I mean, Stop some of the stuff me. I want to talk about is uh. It's been in the previews anyway. Oh, okay. With the trickster coming next the week. Trickster. And oh, return from the nineties flash show. There's the they're gonna have the original trickster back. Mark Hamill. Yep. Cannot wait for this. Yes, I believe we have talked about this. I cannot wait. Actually I got to watch the preview for it though. Oh, yeah. oh so that's it was the stinger on it. So that made it awesome. Yeah, I actually did see that pre- I've seen that preview. It's going to be very, very cool. Yeah. And just the fact that it looks like they're really bringing the rogues together. And it's not going to give too much away, but that was blatantly thrown out for us in this last episode. Where Cold goes, hmm, the rogues. Yeah, yep. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. The episode was called Rogues something, wasn't it? Was this one... Rogue something, or was this out of time, or was out of time last week? I think out of time was last week. Oh, that might have been, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Oh, wait, I'm two episodes behind that. Crap. I haven't seen the second half of the whole time. That's, one that's the only one you're behind on. Oh, okay. Yeah, because right? yeah, this one was... He went where yeah the wrap yeah, up was, from that yeah because the one with okay. the, the tidal right. wave and he was running back and forth and all yeah of a sudden, you know when I saw that episode and then that happened at the end I'm like oh because that's how they're gonna fix it because you know Cisco died and everything yeah. I'm assuming by the end of the episode everybody's still alive but there's some new wrinkle there's a few new wrinkles yeah 
and it was really interesting the way it was done and we'll do this we'll, we'll keep it spoilery free for the most part but found out my wife not a fan of time travel oh she was pissed throughout the entire episode really why would because there's major changes on this episode that yeah. kind of undoes, undoes everything from the from, oh, from the, the previous, world, like him and Iris and yes. all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know when I saw that at first, I was like, "What? No, no, they're not. They're not." That's gonna, what I said already. And then when Cisco died, and then I just I knew it. I was. Just, here's the thing, though. Lots of genre TV shows have done this type of show. I'll give props to the Flash. Um, I didn't see it coming until the end, and then I realized that they were using that whole go back in time, and like you could do major things to the characters and then reset it all before the end. Uh, I don't think I've seen it like that before. No, and the fun. way it's done throughout the episode that you haven't gotten to watch yet, it's reinforced over and over that you do not fuck with time because it will fuck with you. Last point. <clears throat> I think that's where we're heading. I really do. Is it just me, or does it feel like it's like about four or five years too early to go down that road? Yeah. I, okay. I think what we're going to see, though, is we're going to see an amalgam of Crisis and Flashpoint at the same time. I think all of this is going to happen together. That's interesting. And I have read rumors online... I'm being very careful about how I'm saying this because I remember slapping somebody's patties for reading ahead at rumors and yeah. told them to knock it off. Um, but I was that, right. Yeah, sort of. Kind of. Alright, sorry. They're Continue. saying that with this whole time travel thing coming, he may end up in the Smallville universe for an episode or two. What? They're saying... Tom Welling may be doing an appearance as Superman. That would be fucking awesome. I cannot wait for this episode to happen. Oh, and happens. man, I would love to see the old Oliver Queen as much as I love the new Oliver Queen. I didn't even think about that. Justin Hartley was... I mean, I thought he was great. He was great as Oliver Queen. Did you ever watch Smallville? That's a negative, sir. How are you on this show? <laughs> because you decided to put the word sports at the end of all the other stuff we talked about. Right. <laughs> True. I have no idea how I'm here. He's not even why, sure I got here I, today. Why am I invited back? <laughs> you know, I, I I don't even think about that show very often. But yeah, there was a lot of great stuff there. Even though a lot of, a lot of comic book fans talked horrible stuff about it. But I love Smallville. So did I. And you know that Lois Lane, uh, Erica Durant, ridiculously mm. gorgeous. In fact, I remember her from uh, House of the Dead, the, the movie House of the Dead, nice. where she comes out of the water, topless. Never saw that. I think I might have to go find that movie, though. Never seen it either. I know it's out there. But no, actually, I thought she was a... Lois Lane's a tough character to crack, because she has to be plucky, she has to be strong, she has to also be able to get into a predicament she can't get out of. I mean, that's got to be a tough character to write. And if you look at some of the other actresses who have played her, they've kind of had one side or the other. I think she did a good job. So, yeah, all the other aspects I enjoyed, too. Like, uh, I don't remember who played uh, Chloe, but uh, she was always great. Um, Allison something. Yeah, uh, it was Allison something. Uh, yeah, I, just, I missed the show. You know what's funny is I stopped watching it for a couple years because I'm like, this is just stupid, nothing ever happens. And uh, then 
I decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it through. Went back, rewatched him. The last two seasons, I absolutely loved. It kind of redeemed all the uh, the slogging through getting there. Uh, other thing of uh, note, I think uh, first time I ever saw um, Sam Witwer, who has become one of my favorite actors. Uh, also he was in the Doomsday, yeah. He was Doomsday. He was in the premiere of The Walking Dead. He was on Sci-Fi's Being Human. He was the uh, voice of, uh, I believe, Star Killer in the Force yes. Awakens series. You're looking at me funny, like uh, Walking Dead. He was in the premiere. Was he the soldier in the... He was the, the uh, soldier. And one of Frank Darabont's plans was to go back and do like a little web series. With him. Showing, right. showing how the soldier got there. But of course, they fired him so it never happened. He but was yeah, the one in the tank. He was the one in the tank. That was Sam Son Miller. of a bitch. Okay. I'm with you now. But yeah, he's great. Did you ever watch, did you ever watch Being Human? No. I heard, I've heard good things, but I never saw it. Gotcha. Okay. So... Sticking with the DC heroes, we got our first look at Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor for the Batman vs. Superman movie. Ooh. Unhinged. Have you seen this, Corbs? Oh, uh, no. Alright. Talk, Paul. I'm going to look it up. Alright. I actually have it right here. Oh. I saved the picture. I will bring it up, and you can look at it on the laptop. As long as I don't crash the recording while I'm doing it. Yeah, that's much easier than the photograph of a phone. Okay. Yeah. He uh, doesn't look like a heavy guy. He does not. I'll tell you, I'm impressed with the intensity there. I mean, it, I'm still a little uh, nebulous on his, his casting, but uh, I feel a little better after seeing that. But man, I sh should I real fi really feel better because the guy shaved his head? Right. And look at yeah, I notice also, he, he's not symmetrical. His chin kind of goes off to the left side. Look at it. <laughs> Take a look. Yeah, seriously. It was, it's a, and I, I bet that they... Uh, they Probably it's highlighted there. I've never noticed it in anything else he's done. I bet they highlighted that. Okay, yeah, I see guess I, I mean? can see it. Yep. It, it's slight, but it just it adds just a a cragginess and a creepiness to to the face. Yeah. And is it just me or does he look like he's wearing prison garb? I couldn't stop looking at the head and the chin. I didn't get to the prison garb. That's just what it looks like to me. It looks like he's got the overalls on. Okay. So, <laughs> um, a good portion of what else I have on my list here is not newsworthy, it's comic book stuff. Okay. So we'll save that for later on. Uh, well, I do have one uh, game-related thing before we get into the whole comic thing. Um, I picked up this week uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes on Android. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Lego games. you ever play the Lego games? My kid has them all. Okay. Um, man, you say that like you hate Legos. Ever step on them in the middle of the night? <laughs> yes, we're talking about video games. These are virtual versions of them. You can't step, Ever step on, on a virtual version of a Lego in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, I can't say that I have. It still hurts. But um, but yeah, I, no, my kid, my kid has Batman one and two, Indiana Jones. They made an Indiana Jones Lego. Yeah, two. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Lego superhero, Marvel superheroes. Um, two more. Well, as I understand it, this is a port of, I guess, the 3DS game. I guess it's not the full Xbox 360 game. I wouldn't know. I've never played it. But uh, it's like 45 levels. It's got all the hallmarks of a Lego game. Um, you have to 10 objectives in every level along with beating it. Um, I've played around just the first couple levels. It is really cool. I mean, I used to play the Lego games like the Lego Star Wars um, on my Xbox years ago. And... Uh, it really brings that back. I mean, it feels like a full console release on my phone. And not and not every game, even games that are good don't feel like that. This does. Nice. It's just like, you know, playing a Lego game on my Xbox. So, 
if anybody is interested. I'm not too far into the game, so I can't say too much about it. The controls are a little wonky. They got a traditional scheme where you have a joystick and buttons on the screen, or touch screen where you touch where you want to go and tap on the things you want to attack, and I just can't make my mind work around that. Interestingly enough, my three-year-old who is growing up with this technology immediately goes to touching the screen where he has to go and tapping on stuff. She immediately gets it. That sounds like my kid. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something we'll end up having to talk about some other time. Uh, it looks like a good game. I think people should check it out. It's uh, four ninety nine, which yeah. is a lot less than you pay for the three DS version. Yeah. Right. And it, it does seem to be a direct port. So check it out, folks. I think it's going to be worth it. Outstanding. Corbs. He left. What have you seen about uh, the Bachelor Executioner? Uh, all the thing I've seen is uh, there's some casting that's been going on. Uh, Kate Skull is going to be in it. She's going to have a a big part, and I, I have to assume that you know anything he does, she's going to be a part of it. But I mean, that's understandable. She's a great actress. Great actress. I mean, she was fantastic in The Sons. Um, he's going to be in it. Son is going to be in it. He's going to be. Uh, ironically, he's going to be a mute. I'm not going to speak at all. Um, kind of like Otto was towards the end of The Sons. A mm-hmm. um, couple other actors, uh, more. Uh, British actors this time because it's going to be a period, it's going to be his period piece based in uh, in England and stuff like that. But uh, does have one son alum in it, uh, Tim Murphy, who played uh, Galen. He's yeah. going to be in it, so that should be pretty cool. Uh, I haven't heard when it's supposed to come out. They're talking about uh, midsummer or maybe fall premiere for it. So once I find some more about it, I'll let you know. They're filming now, right? Yeah, in yeah. Wales. Yep. So. Sorry, I thought you were raising your hand. I, thought you were. <laughs> uh, I was itching my head. That's what just stopped the podcast. So <laughs> right. <laughs> Screeched everything to a halt. Can I ask you guys something about this? <coughs> no. Okay. Move on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what What has Kurt Sutter done other than uh, Sons of Anarchy? Uh, he was a co- co-writer for The Shield with Michael Chiklis. Okay. He was an actor in that, too. Um, he played... Uh, a hitman in that he was only about four episodes for that one but he gets where he got to start he started out uh, co-writing and then ended up uh, towards the end he was a co like I think co executive producer and stuff and I mean the shield shield ran seven years was a fantastic show um, they gave him the green light to do the Suns and uh, he's pretty much since then he's he has talked about doing uh, some movies uh, directing he wants to direct the remake of Ender the Dragon. Interesting. Yeah, that was that's been uh that's supposed to be coming out for a while. He's got another movie coming out. Oh, the other one he's got is called Southpaw. It's with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a boxing movie that he uh, he wrote and I think is directing that one too. It should be coming out soon. You, you know, I have to wonder, and this is this is not me saying something negative about someone who's clearly one of your favorite TV writers. I don't mean it in that way at yeah. all. Um, but I I have to wonder because of all the build up for him doing a new show. Do we know for a fact? that the reason Sons of Anarchy was so great is because he is so awesome or could a lot of it have been the perfect cast, the perfect timing a lot of other things come together because if you look at successful show creators they'll make an awesome show, they'll go on they'll build up the hype for their next show and it lasts a season you know, I mean look at Chris Carter he hasn't really done anything of note since the X-Files even though he's tried a couple things Um, same thing with uh, the creators of, of Lost, I think they've had a couple uh, they did the one uh, Alcatraz, wasn't that from one of those guys? Or was, was from one of the big? I, I'm pretty sure it was from one of the big creators, either Lost or Heroes. Uh, 
just we see a lot of that because names become brands now. J.J. Abrams became you know a brand from you know things on TV. Joss uh, Whedon. Yeah, Joss Whedon. Yeah. Uh, and even Joss, I mean, yeah, Firefly is great, but commercial success, he o- only really had Buffy until right. he got to the Avengers. And uh, Dollhouse. Was wasn't Whedon. really successful. It was, it was a fantastic show, but it, like you said, it lasted what a season and a half. I think yeah. I don't even think they finished the second so season. So, you, you know a lot more about the Sutter gentleman than I do. Right. Um, do. Have you? Do you believe that enough of that is him that he can actually take go on to anything and make it successful? Um, I don't. I don't know if it's you know if he if it's the writing that was successful or like you said it was like just the perfect cast in the the whole roundabout way. I guess the I guess the, te- the 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 telling tale will be how well this this show does, because if he had if he had where with the shield it was you know he it was him and a couple other people that were doing the writing, it wasn't just him with sons it was just him like he he was the main writer for the whole show yeah. he wrote the episodes, um, he did he directed a lot of the he actually directed most of the season and the series finale, stuff like that so. I guess time will tell. I mean, his, his next his next show. I mean, if it comes out and it, it bombs right away, then maybe it's there's something something, something to be said. Be said I'm not trying to prepare you for disappointment. I, no. I was really just curious because you you loved Sons so right. much. I kind of figured you know as much about Sons as I do about Doctor Who. Right. So I, I was curious because I might. I don't know if I'll go back and watch Sons after hearing so much about it, but I might be willing to check out something else he does. Ironically, it was. I went over to my buddy's house a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was watching Netflix. And guess what he was watching? Sons. Yeah, he just started it. And I was one of the, one of the guys like when you I first got you to start watching it. He's like, no, nah, you know, I don't really get into stuff like that. I don't know, I don't know. And then I went over the other day. He's like, yeah, I've watched the first two and a half seasons. <laughs> and I've only been watching it a week. So it's it's something where when you when you start watching it, you get into it. But I know pe- I also know people who've watched it and get to certain points and like I can't watch it anymore. Like his wife was watching it with him, and then she got to the point where. In season two, being in the first episode of season two, at the end, you know what I'm talking about. With Gemma. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the warehouse, mm-hmm. she couldn't watch it after that. Even yeah, that's that was rough to watch. Right. You know, even even after I told her, I said that's about as worst. That's the worst it gets. I mean, there's not really a lot worse than that. That was probably the the well, I don't know. There was a couple of spots, but that was probably I'd say that was probably like top three where oh, you yeah. you watch it and you're like, okay, this is. You know why this is on at this, at this time. There's there's a reason. So, um, but to, but to to get your back to your point, I mean, if Bastard Security comes out, it falls flat on its face. Then yeah, you're gonna ha- then he's gonna have to be. You know, there may there'll be some um, there'll be some doubts until he can come up with something new besides that. Well, the good news is if uh, the past is any uh, indicator of this. He'll get about two more shows to try before they'll stop giving him money. Right, and and he's 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 got this one, and then he ha- already has the green light for the the prequel to Sons, but that's going to be a couple years down the road. It's not going to be something that's done in, the, in you know in the next year and a half. Yeah, it, if he does turn out to be it, this, does turn out to be a lot of him. Uh, considering I've heard so much about Kurt Sutter, I'd love to see him try his hand at something genre based. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd like to see his take on it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's he's got a he's got the Warp, warp oh, yeah. mind, you know. He's he's not your typical writer director. Um, he's very uh, he's very shy, which is kind of weird. Looking at his character, uh, he's got tattoos. He's got both arms covered in sleeves. Um, he's you know he's just he's an odd he's an odd guy. But 
I wouldn't if I if I knew he was going to be somewhere close within a couple hours, I would probably take the drive and go and meet him just to to express my admiration of what he did for that show. Because that, that like you said, <laughs> dude. <laughs> All right. If you ask me, maybe I would. There are other ways to say thank you, Paul. <laughs> but um, like like you said, there's there's shows that you watch religiously. You know, every Sunday night at nine o'clock, you watch Walking Dead. I'm the same way. But I can tell you right now, every Tuesday night for seven years, when it was Suns was on, Paul, tell you, I turn my phone off. My kids in bed, and I know nobody's gonna bother me, and I watch it. There's days, there's times that I watch it and then go back and rewatch it right after. That's how much I enjoyed the show. So I'm hoping this his new show is th is that good. So he's also hoping that it's on Tuesday nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got the Flash though. There you go. I watch, wow, I got, that's a jump. I, yeah, the Flash and well, yeah, the are not the same thing. But I was thinking about sure. this. I mean, I watch, I watch, what? <laughs> I don't know three shows on Monday. Three shows on Tuesday. I don't know. It's fucking crazy. I I, I have so many shows. What am I laughing at? <laughs> Look to your left once in a while. Let's see. Would you like me to explain? <laughs> Please to the do. Okay. I don't think I can do it justice. So um, none of you know me that well, but I am a former smoker, and uh, this September it will be three years since I got my first electronic cigarette and started vaping. Now I don't want to get into the. Uh, to talk about, oh, it's just as bad or whatever. I've done my research. I've looked at the actual science, not the science paid for by tobacco companies or anything like that. Um, and I do believe it is a much healthier alternative regardless to smoking. So I'm a vapor. I have a uh, rather large, it's an iTaste uh, a VTR, big tank of a thing. And we're sitting here and I generally vape while we're doing the podcast. Since I got my uh, teeth pulled today, I am desperately scared of dry socket because my wife got dry socket once and she told me that they took her out of work for a week and they had her on codeine and stuff and I'm really scared because I've already been in pain with my teeth. I don't want that. So I was going through the internet and I was looking for what does vaping cause dry socket because I didn't know if maybe it wasn't quite the same as with smoking because I don't really have to pull on this like you do a cigarette. It creates the vapor and I can just breathe over it and it'll come into my mouth. Somebody suggested vaping up your nose. So I've been sitting here while we're doing the podcast, rather than putting the, the little uh, drip tip of this into my mouth, I've been putting it into my nose. And every time I do that, Paul starts laughing, because it's got to be a very odd thing to see. Now, granted, I, this is a little weird, and I discovered this, what, 10 minutes before we started recording? Yuck. But uh, just trying to not make myself hurt. Corbs, you're, you can't No, 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 I... I I know what you're talking about because I'm I, like I told you before I had three teeth pulled and the, you know the one thing to say is if you smoke you have to stop because you, it will cause dry socket and it's very painful. I mean I never got it because obviously I don't smoke for that. So I, I mean I understand where you're coming from because I've I've had teeth pulled and I know yeah. the, what they tell you not to to get into and all that stuff. So well you know the worst part is is first of all if anybody can just stop smoking for three days, I mean you might as well just keep going. Right. The other part of that they want you to stop when you're in severe pain and taking narcotics which generally makes people want to you know smoke more if they're a smoker I'm sitting here and I mean right now I'm in a shitload of pain but this is kind of like my like people it's a stress reliever it's almost like pain management you know if I wasn't able to do this even through my nose or whatever I would be sitting here thinking more about the pain 
You know, it's it's kind of a way to, to focus on something else. Right. Not that I'm saying people should pick up vaping. I mean, if you don't have an addiction to nicotine, don't ever start. But there you go. Yeah. That's our PSA for this. Episode. Yeah, but if you do have an addiction to nicotine and you're not vaping, please save your your family a lot of you know heartache. grief and heartache because you know chances of getting cancer are are far less with something that doesn't have thousands of horrible chemicals in it. Anyway, PSA. Sorry, we had to explain why Paul was laughing. That was the whole point. Paul always laughs. That's the thing. Well, that's the idea. You know, we're doing a better job, though, when we go off on those tangents today, <coughs> bringing it back around smoothly. Right. Look at normally. that. We're getting better. Must be all the feedback we're getting from our audience. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I take notes on the stuff they send us. Yeah. Look. Look at, yeah. Same with Corbin's notebook. Look at that. Hold on. I have to actually take the writing off this. There's my notes. <laughs> Do you think people are going to get mad because we keep uh, getting pissed off and calling out the fact nobody's responding to us. Maybe no. they, but maybe if they get pissed, they'll probably say something like, hey, stop asking us to... Right, maybe we'll start getting hate mail again. Could use some hate mail. Oh my god, does that mean Badge Doc is our biggest fan? I think, well, no. Because we... He's, he's we, the most, he's, he's the fan that's written in the most. Yes. But we do get messages on Facebook all the time from... You see that? I get those those alerts or notifications or whatever the hell they are. Yes. So... Anyway, where were we? We just in wrapped Paul's up. Basement. I keep telling you that. The Lex Luthor and Flash discussions. So, do we have anything? Oh no, we we wrapped up. I'm sorry, I completely just blanked on a 15 minute conversation we had about Kurt Sutter. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what else Kurt. do we have to move into? Anybody? To talk Walking Dead. Oh, we definitely need to talk Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know if you I mean you said you got comic books. I mean, you guys talk comic books. I'm gonna take a nap. Right. No, no joke. I'm really not on the couch. Go to sleep. <laughs> no, it's, I mean that's it's cool. That's that's what you guys are into. I mean, Put I, some I geek I, and geek pod. Right, and I, and, I, and I enjoy coming and you guys talk about the stuff and you get to take a nap and yeah, I get some sleep in and all that stuff. And it's time to talk about Sons of Anarchy. That's why he talks sons first. He can get out of the way. All right, before now. we get into The Walking Dead, then, do you want to just do the comic thing? You wanted me to bring a comic recommendation this week. Just because, I mean, we, we talk a lot of obtuse comic stuff. And I just... What spurred this for me was I just read Ant-Man number three. And God damn, is it a great book. Really? Loving Ant-Man. Come a long <laughs> way from hanging out in Tony Stark's playhouse? <laughs> Uh, no, and that's part of the charm of it. I mean, that's... I mean, granted, this... this <coughs> Jesus Christ, here we go again. This issue... Sorry. <laughs> this issue, I mean, they didn't touch upon that at all. The whole issue is about him starting his security business. He, he's, he's doing independent security now. Um, he's hired on an old 80s villain as his lackey for it. The Grizzly? Nothing. I got nothing. Giant guy in a bear suit. Oh, I, I can imagine. Yeah. He was so. uh, neighbors with Conqueror Lord, wasn't he? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> There's a Fist of Kanju reference for you. But the, the whole thing is, this is supposed to be his first contract, and he's working to get it all set up, and he's using all of his ants to try and assemble security equipment. And, and there's a running commentary about it going, yes, are we going to address the overlords? 
and and he's he's running commentary about how you know they're not very good at assembling stuff you know all they're really good at is grouping and being ants and and he's talking to them like they're talking back to him and stuff and it's it's really entertaining and then you find out from him that the company that hired him for security is a paperclip warehouse <laughs> yes that's what they do they sell paperclips there's thousands and thousands of boxes of paperclips and come to find out it was all a ruse set up by Taskmaster he was hired to keep him busy uh-huh. So, <laughs> that's, that's the whole main story. It's a big fight between him and Taskmaster. And Scott Lang is under the impression that Taskmaster is his arch enemy. And Taskmaster says, I barely remember fighting you. <laughs> and he was like, come on, you know, we, we had those pitch battles where it was me and Spider-Man against you and me and whoever else. And he was like, I was there to fight those guys. You just happened to be there. <laughs> so, like oh, I said, that's it's, great. it's yeah. It, this, this is a whole different thing for me. Other, not anything like my normal cosmic stuff I read or batch at Crazy Moon Knight. So, I mean, and if somebody who this isn't my thing. This is this cheeky kind of light-hearted comic book humor thing isn't typically my thing. And if it can attract my attention, I think everybody else needs to go out and give this a shot. That's my GeekPod approved recommendation. Okay. It sounds interesting. Um, maybe I'll have to uh, grab the issues from you. I'm more interested in it now than I was when you first talked about it. I believe I had some comments about Ant-Man and yeah, why. He's still Ant-Man. but uh, Well, if they're, if they're accepting that and they're using that as a story element, then it has my interest a little more than I'm supposed to suspend disbelief and believe he's a badass hero. Right. Uh, my recommendation this week is uh, an offshoot of something I, I read regularly, uh, and you're not going to be familiar with it, I'm sure. Um, do you recall how I said I, I like the the series of Crossed? Yes, you've Arthur told me about Crossed before. Okay. Uh, Crossed is a series where basically it's, uh, I guess you'd call it post-apocalyptic, though the stories go back and forth between right when this was happening to, you know, far after it was happening. Uh, but the main series currently is called Crossed Badlands, and um, that's not what I'm recommending, though. But the whole idea with Crossed is uh, there's this disease, and you can be infected by any bodily fluid, uh, any bodily fluid, or anything that comes out of somebody's body gets on you. You've got about 30, 40 seconds before a rash starts appearing on your face in the shape of a cross, and you basically turn into complete id. You lose all sense of humanity and the ability to, to figure out right from wrong. Down to people go from being normal people to ripping someone's head off and then fucking the hole. I mean, seriously, like, all sorts of nasty, depraved shit. I know that sounded like a horrible thing to say, but... That literally it, happened. Didn't you tell me yeah. a, there was one scene of a nun with a spinal column? Probably. Um, <laughs> I didn't finish telling what it happened with Oh, it, yeah, yeah, I don't even... Yeah, I mean, they're just really... I, I mean, it would be... If there wasn't all the gore and the horror... I mean, you'd probably think it was um, explicit. You know, sometimes. I'm not saying that's all the comic is, but they, they use that imagery to show you just how horrible the crossed are. It's not like the whole comic is that. But you need to understand that this is not your normal enemy. It's not a zombie. This is something that will... You know, if they don't turn you while messing with you, they're going to fuck whatever's left over. You know, it's it's basest human needs... Or eat whatever's left over. <laughs> it's horrible. Anyway... What I'm recommending 
is an offshoot series. It is a six-issue unlimited series, which is uh, currently in issue three, called Crossed Plus 100. Now, the interesting thing about this is it's written by Alan Moore. Ooh. Alan Moore, the Alan Moore. Now, the creator of Crossed, uh, Garth Ennis, said, finding out that Alan Moore wanted to write an offshoot for his series is uh, kind of like finding out Jimi Hendrix wants to play in your band. You know, he, he was blown away, because for the uninitiated chords, um, Alan Moore is, what's a good figure in sports to compare Alan Moore to? Only person I can think of is Pete Rose, but that's just because he was on wrestling for a time. I don't know sports very well. Um, Joe Montana? He's superstar. Uh, okay. a, like, yeah. the, the biggest guy, like, one, one of the best ever. You know, and he's probably done his biggest work, you know, now he's very careful about the projects he picks. Okay. Um, he uh, wrote the movie The Watchmen. Have you ever familiar with Watchmen? I'm familiar with it. I've not seen uh, it. Before. Okay. Well, he, he wrote the comic that was based on, which is one of the, the biggest, you know, series ever done. Anyway, Alan, Alan Moore's big shit. And every once in a while, he'll write something. He doesn't do a lot these days, it doesn't seem. But for him to go to an indie, well, sort of indie comic book, uh, and go, hey, I want to write for your series. You I say mean, yes. Yeah, it's kind of like Joe Montana showing up at your son's football game and saying, hey, I'd like to coach. You know, you're yeah. just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, so, the idea behind Cross Plus 100 is it's set 100 years in the future, which is, it, they've never gone that far, but it's important to understand that the original miniseries that set up Cross, there were several of them, all kind of happened in order from the, the apocalypse. The current series, which is on issue, I think, 50-something, is there'll be a three-issue story that happened at the beginning, or a three-issue story, or six-issue story that happened a year later, or whatever. They're moving around. It's not a, a concurrent set of events. Cross Plus 100 happens 100 years in the future. And what's interesting about it is mankind has bounced back a little bit. There are still crossed out there. But uh, what really grabbed me about this is you go to read this, and you're going to read the first couple lines, and you're going to think it's gibberish, or you're going to think it's a badly translated from another language. What they've done is they've said, okay, society breaks down. There's no longer people teaching th th people things like English or whatever. Language is going to change. Words are going to get mixed around. People are going to put verbs and stuff in the wrong places, but language will become something different. A hundred years from now, under constant threat uh, of death or infection or whatever, on the run in small little societies. Now, when they... And it's hard for me to get out it right in front of me to really tell you how cool this is, but... They will they will refer to sculling things, which is how they say think, and they use like um, if something is really secure or really certain, they use the phrase "fuck tight." Um, a lot of things that would have been swear words are considered regular words, Normal, and maybe no. they they moved in because of how the cross are so vile and vulgar. So it's interesting. You start reading the way that people talk, and at first it seems like complete gibberish, because it really does. It's not just moving, uh, replacing one word with another. It's almost like they've created a whole side language to English. But once you stop and go, oh, okay, it makes sense. And, like, Alan Moore must have actually sat down and decided, this is what English would evolve to 100 years from now into this world. And it has its own rules that they always follow. And if, like I said, if you didn't, if you weren't reading it, Knowing this, you'd be completely lost, and you'd think it was badly translated. Right. It's actually coherent. By, by, by the end of every issue, I start every issue having to get my mind to work that way again. By the end of every issue, 
I, I'm all set, and, and it all reads normally. I just think that's really cool, and I've never seen anybody attempt to do something on that level before. I just talked a whole lot about language. I'm sorry. That was super boring. <laughs> um, but it's something I've never seen. Um, the series is uh, certainly interesting. I think you should people should check it out, but don't start in the middle. It's only six issues. Pick up the first issue, even if you don't know anything about Cross, and be prepared to think, because you're going to have to think your way through this until your mind understands the way the language works. Because it's everything from the little boxes telling the settings to the people talking. Nice. There's, there's no normal stuff in here. The whole thing is written the way they talk in that future. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And how has that not been turned into a movie yet or a TV show? Well, I think that one of the problems with Crossed is that it it goes too far over that edge. Mm, that's this true this couldn't be AMC. If you, I don't even know if it could be done on HBO because it really is it, that it goes that far. I don't even think you can tastefully do it on film. But if you're gonna do it. Y- I don't see how you could clean it up and have it mean the same thing. Gotcha. It, it is supposed to be completely stripped of humanity, just the basis needs. Like a, a, a five-year-old in an adult's body doing whatever they want with no consequences. I don't think that you could do it justice on TV. Not that it's some big magnum opus. I just mean, in what it is, I just don't think it would work. Right. You would have to strip away too many of the elements. Yeah. I don't even know if I would want to watch that on TV. I mean, I'm not squeamish, and I think that it would be too much. Damn. Yeah, I really think it would it would be too much. I would not want to see that on film. It, it would it would probably get an A. Oh, I can tell you, it would get an X rating. Outstanding. Absolutely. Wow. All right. On that note. <laughs> so I saw, Corbs, you posted something on Facebook. Because now they're discussing, and we're going to bring it back around to the sports geek for you. I know what you're talking about. You do? Or yeah. you don't? No, I know what you're talking about. Then do you want to take the ball and run with it from here? <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> I'm dying over here. And I actually thought of it because Hugh referenced Pete Rose. He's back in the sports world news right now. He is, and I was talking to my dad about this this morning because my dad came to my son's basketball game, which was his last game, and my son played Magic Magic Johnson today at basketball. I did more today at basketball than he did in the first, well, the entire ever, season ever, yeah. and that included, you know, the practices. Um, he dribbled the ball today. He. The kids looked to pass him the ball. Um, he ch- almost made a basket today, which for my son, I mean, the basket part was on, was in um, warm-ups, but he's never even come close to the hitting the net, let alone the backboard or the rim. And he's he's seven; it's his first organized sports ever. So I I, I wasn't hoping for I wasn't you know going into it thinking oh he's going to be the next Michael Jordan. It was just something to get him out. Play with some, you know, in kids his own age and get into some organized sports. For him to hit the underside of the rim today. That's huge for him. That's huge. I was so happy. Um, you know, him dribbling the ball when, when the kids passed the ball and he picked it up and started dribbling it. Um, that was great. Kids passing the ball. He caught the ball a couple times when the kids started because he's kind of still afraid of the ball, which is. And we've been working on it, but your kids threw the ball, and he kind of he'd catch it, and it would fall, and he'd pick it up, and he'd pass it to somebody else. So he was really involved in it today, which 
you know, made everything even made the last three, four months worth it for me, for him. So, but to go back to what you were talking about, I posted on Facebook a few days back. No, 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 no. It was probably a week ago. I was sitting at work or something like that. I was on my lunch break and I was on Yahoo and I read an article where they're talking about reinstating Pete Rose into baseball. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I'm all for that. I really am. I, I have to admit, you know, Pete Rose bet on baseball and you don't bet on... you. As a Major League Baseball player, coach, manager, owner, whatever, you don't bet on baseball, period. You, you know, that's that's the one rule. You can't bet on baseball. You can bet on football games because he did that. I mean, I, I, I met I met Pete Rose at a card show one uh, one Sunday afternoon when I was in high school. I went to a card show in Rochester, and he was signing autographs. And don't get me wrong. He's the nicest guy in the world. Shook your hand, asked you how you were, you know, where you're from, stuff like that. But after each autograph he signed, he would look at the TV. He had a little, had a little black and white TV set on a chair behind him, and he had the Bengals game on. And I, somebody asked him, so, so what's what's the game you're watching? Oh, it's Cincinnati and somebody's. Oh, you got some money on that game? And he said, yeah. So betting on other sports is okay, but betting on baseball is wrong. And he got caught betting on Baseball games, he bet on games that he, he managed in and didn't manage well. They lost, stuff like that. So he got suspended for life from baseball for that reason. <coughs> um, it's been 30 years. I mean, anybody who knows baseball, Pete Rose is the hit leader. He's got over 4,400 hits. He's, you know, greatest hitter of all times. And for him not to be in the Hall of Fame is, is a travesty. Um, but you understand why he's not there. He got caught doing something he shouldn't have and he he's taken his lumps right along the way um, I think he would have been better off if he had just come out at first and said I did it I bet on games I shouldn't have I'll take my lumps and and be be with it and whatever you guys decide is fine but he for 10 or 15 years he adamantly denied ever doing it I didn't do this this you guys you know this is something that never happened and then all of a sudden, one day, he was like, all right, I did it. So they're like, you know, after 30 years, they're talking about reinstating him now and getting him in the Hall of Fame, which I'm all for. Excuse me. Um, he, he deserves to be there. You know, like I said, he's the greatest hitter of all times. Um, like my dad was saying, my dad and I were talking, he, you know, he, every year, 200 hits, no doubt about it. Um, there's no denying he deserves to be um, in the Hall of Fame. My whole thing is, and I know Paul will attest to this. My favorite baseball player is Shoeless Joe Jackson. Now we're talking about back in, you know, the 1920s. You know, when, well, that's actually when he got suspended. It was 1920, uh, 21. He was suspended for doing it, basically doing the same thing. That they got caught. Uh, him and eight other players, or seven other players, got caught betting on the World Series in 1919. Um, but they never were able to prove that Joe Jackson. Um, actually did anything to undermine the World Series. Um, he hit 375, a home run, never no errors in any of the games, anything like that. And the you know the the only the one problem with with Joe Jackson was he was he was illiterate and nothing against him, but wasn't smart at all. He could do one thing and he could do one thing well. He could play baseball. Couldn't read, couldn't write, and he took advantage of him. 
because of that. And guys have even guys that were part of the, the fix said he was never a part of it. They just put it they they kept throwing his name in there to get some clout with the gamblers saying, Hey, we've got this guy with us but he was never never attended any of the meetings, anything like that. But he you know, be, being illiterate, they the the prosecution took advantage of him and, and told him that he did this and that he needed to confess to it and he did. So I've always been a, a proponent that if you let Pete Rose back in the game, you've got to consider Joe Jackson being reinstated also. We're talking 1920 was when he was um, kicked out of baseball. It's now 2015, and he still is the third greatest hitter of all time. You're talking 95 years later. He still has the third highest average ever. Um, you know, he was a... Guys, even Babe Ruth said that he copied his baseball swing after Joe Jackson. So even the greatest baseball player ever, hands down, people say, copied the swing that Joe Jackson had. So my thing is, is if you consider Pete Rose, you've got to consider reinstating Joe Jackson. Um, just because, you know, it's it's been long enough and he deserved to take, take, his, take his place with the greatest of all times also. And I said this to my father, but if they ever do... Um, reinstate Joe Jackson and elect him to the Hall of Fame, I'll be the first person in the crowd there because that's my idol. I've always admired him, you know. So, you know, I'm hoping that if they do elect Pete, you know, they do reinstate Pete Rose, that they take a look at reinstating Joe Jackson. And some of the other guys, too. There was a couple other guys that were um, that were involved and that need to be in the Hall of Fame, too. Buck Weaver is one of them. Um, he, was a, he was a pretty good player in the time, at the time. And then uh, Eddie Sicott the pitcher. Uh, Seacott's going to be a little harder because he actually confessed and he actually took money. But none of, the, none of the other guys ever got money or anything like that. So, you know, I'm just hoping that if they do let Pete Rose, if they reinstate him, that they um, strongly considered letting Joe Jackson in. I don't understand. As long as you don't bet on a game you're in, why it should matter. Um, there's the sticky situation with the White Sox because they were in the World Series, right? Well, yeah, and, and, and I kind of know where he, he's going with it. Um, obviously, betting on a game that you're involved in, you have you you can affect the outcome. Yes, either the player or the manager. As opposed to if you're betting on, say, it's the Cincinnati Reds and the Mets, and you're betting on the Yankees and the Orioles, you have no you have no clout in that game over yeah. there. Uh, I just think it's more of a it's more of a thing where it's yeah. It's frowned upon. It's it's not really. I don't know if you know it's a written rule that you can't do it. Um, but I think it's just one of those things where it's like you, you don't bet on a sport that you're in. I mean, I can understand that. But did did Pete Rose actually bet on games he was involved in? Oh yeah, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he when he was managing managing not when he was playing but when he was managing with the Reds, he was betting on games that he was managing and, and was not. Managing correctly, losing games to win money. Oh. See, that's a big no-no. That I see their point. Yeah, but they're not. They shouldn't be looking. If they're letting him into the Hall of Fame, they're not letting him in as a Hall of Fame manager. Right. They're, they're going off yeah. of his accomplishments as, as a player. player. Because it, it's it's two different things. As a player, he deserves to be there. As a manager, no, because that's that's where I can understand the, the, the disconnect. But you can't do. You, you can't do it both. you got to do it with Pete Rose. You can't have Pete Rose the player and Pete Rose the manager because there are guys that are in the Hall of Fame for being a manager and being a player. So, 
Well, if they do let him in, then we're going to know exactly how many times you have to get your ass kicked by Kane before you paid your dues. <laughs> it's true. And for another thing there, I don't know why this is even a question. I mean, he's already in one Hall of Fame. How many does he need to be in? Pete Rose? <laughs> yeah. He was abducted. He was abducted. He was inducted into the World Wrestling yes, Entertainment was. Hall of Fame. Yes, he was. So, I don't know. I just, yeah. like I said, That's I mean, so funny. yeah. Well, what's funny is there's even a World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame at all. Yeah, but there's a, they have a when, that's the weird part is they have like a celebrity wing and a wrestler's wing. You do know that, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know if you... Why do you think that's weird that they have a Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean... Shouldn't it just be the Oscars? It's the same thing. Yeah, but that's not Like being the best, uh, most popular actor? The the thing is, Oscars are never going to consider anything like that. Um, Nobody else is going to consider it worthy of an award. Mm -hmm. That's why they have to do it themselves. Understand. And and I think it's legitimate to a degree. I mean, you look at some of those guys who have been doing it for that long, and especially the older ones, you know, the Ric Flairs and stuff like that. Yeah, I think they deserve a little honor. They need not. To, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, trust me, they, they all probably would have lived a lot longer um, if they hadn't been wrestling. Right. True. They gave a lot to the sport. No, don't get me wrong. I was saying it being facetious. I, I don't have a problem with them having their inductions or anything, which are probably coming up today or tomorrow anyway, aren't they? Where's WrestleMania's what? WrestleMania's tomorrow, tomorrow night. So it's a, tonight. Tonight, yeah. yeah it's tonight. So... No, I'm just being facetious because I'm not the biggest wrestling fan, but I think they do deserve it. They, they do. Uh, they should actually have an actual like brick and mortar place for it too. I don't think they do. I think I it's just they, a, they roll it out once a year and do their inductions, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's kind of a well. You, you look at what happened uh, this past week, and I don't know if you read about this, and I don't know the guy's name. I just saw the article, but uh, uh, a wrestler down in Mexico was mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. a tag team match uh, Rey Mis- against Rey Mysterio and some other guy. And it wasn't even the wrestling move that got him. He got thrown against the ropes, and the rope snapped, hit him in the neck, did something, messed up his trachea. The guy died. Yep. Yeah, I saw that you too. Know? Scary and, stuff. And, yeah, I mean, they really are, you know, regardless of whether it's uh, staged and the outcomes are known, I mean, it's, right. it's still yeah, physical. There's, there's, you know, so is ballet. Yes. Right. You know, it's and, and all those other, you know, that, that really intense dancing and things like that, you know, those people, nobody looks at them and go, oh, well, you already know what the moves are you're going to do are. Right. You know, you already know when the show's going to end. They're still putting their body through a lot, and I think they deserve to be recognized. Well, even, with, even with wrestlers, I mean, guys get hurt all the time. I mean, uh, there's a... Uh, what was his name? Uh, went by Puke. Jodowski. Yeah, he, was par- he paralyzed, uh, neck down, during, yeah. during a wrestling match. I mean, guys get hurt. There's like, there was a guy in uh, Japan, I can't remember the guy's name, but... He went to do a move off of the, the second rope, a springboard, moonsault type of thing, and he slipped on the rope, and he landed, you know, on his back, but his head was on the mat, and he broke, broke his neck in the ring, paralyzed from the neck down. So it does happen. So for these guys to go out there and put their body on the line every every night, and, you know, um, you know you're talking, I think, with the WWE, they're, they're on the road like 300 days a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not something where you know they they're out there for a couple of days and then they're not, no they're out there all the time and when they're not out there they're they're in the gym they're per, per, they're they're working with trainers and per, perfecting moves and working on moves and stuff like that so it's not a it's not just a couple night couple night a week thing it's yeah. a, it's a career so so respect the wrestlers folks yeah yeah says the guy who's trying to get a, a press pass with the WWE 
You should show them a little more respect. Maybe they listen to this and like, yeah, that guy probably a douchebag. <laughs> I've never said otherwise. I am a douche. You are a douche. Lord? Yeah, they're the elder gods again. They have spoken. On that note, let's keep moving it along. Everyone's familiar with the Ninja Turtles, right? Yes. What are the Ninja Turtles? How many Ninja Turtles are there, Corpse? 73. How many Ninja Turtles are there, Corpse? 45. I'm going to ask you one more time, and then I'm going to go get my baseball bat. You don't have a baseball bat. I do. It's about this big. <laughs> does it have a pen at the end? <laughs> it actually does. There's four. No, there isn't. No, I've watched the movies. There's four. I've watched, um, I watched, of, I've watched all of the movies. As of issue 44 of the comic book, oh, there are three. Who, read, who reads the comic books on Ninja Turtles? I know I don't. I watch the movies. I wait for the movies to come out. The comics were first. I don't know if you know yeah. that. Without the yeah, comics, know, there the, wouldn't be the movies. So, I don't say broken, so were the books. But you wait for the movie to come out to do your book report. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that is how you do not pass <laughs> high school <laughs> and college. <laughs> so, Ninja Turtles issue 44 that came out last week by IDW. They have done what most people figured you couldn't do. They have killed off Donatello. I'm going to slide the laptop around for Corp to get a look. Whoa. Donatello is dead. I see that. Ish. Because, of course, it's a multiverse cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, and there's the uh, there's the act as it's happening. Rocksteady and Bebop, the Shredder's Mutants. Yeah. That we probably all do remember from the 80s cartoon. Um, <coughs> killed him with a sledgehammer. They triple H'd him. Basically. <laughs> right back to wrestling. Yeah. It's not wrestling, it's some anarchy. Right. Alright. So now, kill him with sledgehammer. Yes. Uh, they wrapped up their current story arc called Attack on Technodrome. Uh, Donatello is seemingly killed in a battle with Bebop and Rocksteady, while the other turtles are assaulting Krang's Technodrome. Um, it's, as you can see here, it's pretty... It's implied, they don't really show a lot of it. Have you seen this, Hugh? I have, yes. It's implied, but it's pretty damn brutal. I mean, with, with the commentary from the mutants. Oh, yeah, That yeah. was pretty nasty. Um, and... Yeah, it, he definitely appears to be dead, especially with their reactions at the end. And the fact that the comic book is ending in, like, six issues, that tells me that this could be the real deal, or it could definitely just be the hype machine for the end of the series. Or the new movie. Oh, they're making the new movie. We know that's coming. They're yeah, already it announced. announced it. No, it started filming this week? Yeah. It was announced. It started, yeah. Something like that, yeah. And wow, Donatello's dead. Donatello is dead, and our good so buddy. My, my soul will still be happy because he's a he's a raft. Sorry, not silver lining. No, <laughs> not you know, not that he's you know, not that happy that the turtle died. I uh. <laughs> the look out of his face. Oh man, folks, I wish you could have seen that. <laughs> I so. did reach out to our good buddy Salotero because he's a huge Ninja Turtles fan for his reaction on it, and. Says he's bombed because it's his favorite turtle, but he does seem to think it's a publicity stunt, and Donatello's going to be back before the 
series ends. So comic book, I think that's kind of a uh, yeah, that's how things work. Yeah, from what you guys have been talking, I mean, it could be just a different universe or something like that. And well, Turtles is different. It's it's its own. I mean, they've done several different versions, comic runs, but they've never done them concurrently. It's not like Spider-Man might meet Spider-Man from another dimension. Turtles has just been Turtles. That's right. it. Um, yeah, I just I, do you know if all the previous runs they've done are all connected, or do they kind of start? I don't know. Um, maybe Sal can get back to us after this episode hits and let us know. Because I remember the old black and white ones, but that was—I mean, I was a kid back then, so I mean, clearly there've been. If they are all connected, it's one chronology that I'm impressed. Um, if it's not, then I'm just kind of confused why the same creators keep rebooting their own thing. Yeah, I don't know, and I mean. We definitely know it's not the original creators still working on this. Oh, it isn't? I thought it was still I know one of them. Laird and Eastman? Eastman and Laird were the originals. Oh, I thought it was still them. I'm sorry. It's one of them. I know Wrong. one of the two has sold off his claim to it. And I guess we need to do a little more research. Or we yeah. all need laptops. Yeah. I'm not That'd be kind of... Okay. What? I'm not footing the bill for more laptops. Come on now. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here we go. Yeah, poor guy. You gonna make it? No. That's that's a little, that's a loaded question right there. If I'm gonna make it or not. So. So what? I know you've seen it. Bad Girl Forty One. That's coming after. Yes. After Convergence. Did you see Bad Girl or Bad Girl? It did, it did sound kind of like Bad Girl yeah, on this one. Like, Bat Girl. I thought maybe you were, it was wishful thinking or something. It's bad Girls. I like Bad Girls. Now, there was going to be a variant cover as part of this whole 75 years of the Joker thing. They're all going to be Joker-themed variant covers for all the books coming out that month. The one for Bad Girl has been pulled. This is the cover that was going to be, and they've they've voluntarily pulled this cover at the artist's request because the internet went nuts. What do you think, Corbs? Kind of creepy. Yes. Now I've read things looks like going that. as far as saying having the gun pointing down between her breasts is a phallic image, and it's. An allegory for rage, or sorry, yeah, things like that. Um, I saw it and I thought, oh, that's such a powerful image. I thought it was great. Um, I guess I'm really. I hate to be the one that people. You know, when something bad happens and you know they have to and people say, try try to make it seem like it's okay, but rationalize it, and they're just you know assholes on the internet. I don't want to come off like one of those. I understand that what happened to Barbara Gordon. In the Killing Joke, people have said that maybe she was sexually assaulted by the Joker in that book. Maybe not. We don't know. I mean, Alan Moore said that uh, that was not his intention, but it's not always the, the intention of the author sometimes. You have to account for what people take from it. Yes. Again, I look at that image, and I don't think that. No, I think it's hearkening back to the Killing Joke. That's the sole purpose for it. That's all I get from it. I, get, I don't even see that. You know what, because... What in the Killing Joke? I mean, he was dressed like a Hawaiian tourist. I mean, I, I don't see that. What I see there is 
uh, a character who has come back from being assaulted by the Joker years later, is out of her wheelchair, is back being his Batgirl, and he comes out of nowhere and kidnaps her, whatever, and she's terrified because she's facing her biggest fear. I didn't think that it was the Killing Joke redone. I mean, obviously, her trauma references that, but I saw it as, as going forward and showing how terrified she was, but that's what she was going to have to overcome. I thought it was a powerful image. It was scary. Um, I did not... I think it's a shame that it, it's not going to get published. I agree. I think that I, where I it could have gone that, from there... Yeah. I mean, y people are allowed to have their opinions, but I'm only going as a Barbara Gordon fan, as a person who was pissed off that they took her out of the wheelchair when they rebooted everything, and they, they stopped her from being Oracle, which was kind of Batman's tech person who sat in her chair and ran everything, gave him all his intel. I mean, she was the most important person in the old DC universe, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. I mean, even when people who weren't part of the Batman books needed something, she could be there to do it. She was the linchpin of all the heroes. I feel like taking her out of the chair has taken something away from the character. So, if I feel like that, you know, I really love the character. Always right. have. That being said, this image doesn't offend me. It's, it, I think it, it's powerful and gives her something to overcome. Um, I have to think I'm one of the people... I, I, I think that I have the right mindset because I, I care about the character. Like, like Corbs could look at it and go, it's creepy, but I don't think it's, you know, means he's trying to rape her or something. But he doesn't have history with the character. I have history with the character. I love the character, just like these people who are crying out saying that cover's horrible. And I don't feel that way. I don't either. I, I do see the reference to Killing Joke in it, but you know what? That's still a part of her history. That happened to her. Yes we shouldn't just have to pretend like it didn't happen because DC has acknowledged by taking her out of the wheelchair that all of this still happened. Just so you know uh, the backstory on this, Corbs, uh, in The Killing Joke, the Joker shows up at Barbara Gordon's house, shoots her in the spine. Okay. Well, he shoots her in the front, but it goes through her spine, paralyzes her, and while she's down, um, takes off her clothes and takes photographs of her in various states of undress posed photographs and gives them to her father, I believe. Posts them Post while them. he's torturing her. Yeah. 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 And and some people said because... Torturing him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because uh, he undressed her, they thought that, you know, sexual assault was implied. Right. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that there's a difference. Sexual assault would be, I guess, taking her clothes off. There's, there's like, different degrees of that. Right. Right. Regardless... But rape know. was implied, they yeah. said. Yeah. I don't think... Well, you know, I, the funny thing is, um, I never thought of that until years after I read it, and I saw it online, somebody talking about it, it never occurred to me. No, never thought of it. I wouldn't have thought that of the Joker, that's not one of his motivations. Right. Agreed. But yeah, that, that's the history, and so a lot of people are upset with this cover, because they <laughs> believe it's, I don't know, demeaning, I guess? I guess. Um, a lot of people are saying that that's not the type of tone that the book takes now, so they shouldn't be going there. I would agree with that, but doesn't that depend on where the story goes? I would agree, but the people are saying that it's more of a like empowered book now and lighthearted. It, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. I see. I've never read Bad Girl, so I I just say shame on you, DC, for buckling and pulling the cover. Here, here. There, there. <laughs> so what else have we got? 
Um, we've actually gone through my entire list. Got one last thing on mine, and that's my WTF file for the week. Corbs, did you come with anything you wanted to talk about? I thought we were going to talk about The Walking Dead. Oh! Oh! It's a good you, thing you're here. You fools. Fools, I tell you. Then why don't you lead us off in that conversation, Corbs? Walking Dead. Oh, you want more? Are we all caught up? I'm yes. all caught up. Then you're the one we have to worry about. Because you watch it every Sunday night like I do. Yeah. You watch it then like Thursdays. Nope, Sunday nights. It has been. It's usually after the kids are all put to bed and then... What was the problem with the sons having to watch it like the next night, bastard? Because it doesn't come on until 10 and Kristen will go to bed by 10.30. So, watch it without her. <coughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, I don't know, where did we leave off last time we were even talking about The Walking Dead? Um, I don't even think we've discussed this half of the season yet. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We haven't really touched so, on So, let's do a whole full season oh, recap. Gotta go back now. Let's see. So, let's see, where did, where did, oh, the, the mid-season is with one of the yeah, we, we, we did discuss that. Yes. Okay, so the next one was... Oh, the next one... Did we talk about with Tyrese? Yeah, Tyrese is also dead. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I could have done without uh, 25 minutes of yeah, hallucination. Yeah, yeah with, with, the, with Beth and the girls and, and Oh, Bob. but how cool was it to see the governor again? Yeah, where's Jack? He'd be humming his chair. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Uh, you know what? They had to give him a send off. I, I, I admit it was a little weird, but um, it was as good as anything else they could have done. I mean, I felt the character was always really underutilized, definitely, especially yeah. compared to to what he was in the comics. And I mean, at least he got an episode to his own. Yeah, um, true. So a I mean, send off episode. Oh, yeah. how badass was it when he stuck his arm in the walker's mouth? That was cool. I yeah, 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 push him back because he had already been bitten. So he's thinking, well, what the fuck? Yeah, already yeah. got bit once. What's the second yeah. one going to do to me? You, you know, the thing that my wife was so pissed off, because when he was walking down that hall, you could clearly see there was somebody in that room making noise. He saw that, yeah. yet he still goes in there and, dude, I'm going to stare at pictures and get weepy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, and apparently the walkers are really good with doorknobs now, because that guess. walker was in there for two years, hadn't opened the door. No, he just opened it. Yeah. Yeah, really? I mean, that, that was just kept walking into the door and then finally realized that there was somebody in the room, next room and I can... Yeah. Uh, and you know what surprised me the most out of that is Noah, who is so all upset about his family, when that when his little brother is on Tyrese, he doesn't even hesitate to kill kill the kid. Right. And, and I thought at least, because Tyrese was already bitten, you would have seen some indecision in his face because that's just how the character is. Yeah. But he's just like, you know, die, little brother. Right. right. Grab a plane out of the ceiling and jab it in my eye. Yeah, I, I was... That, that was a little weird. Yeah. He clearly didn't like that brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's always a good twin and a bad twin, right? Right. Yeah, true. That was the bad twin. <laughs> Obviously. So, I mean, it was... I, I mean, you were talking about the, the whole thing when he was having all the flashbacks. I kind of thought it was... You could tell, like, when the girls were pulling on his arm. You knew that it was Rick in real life. They were trying to, you know... Get him out of there. Get, yeah. yeah, cut his arm off to, to try to save him and all that stuff. And my whole thing was, I mean, with with Herschel when he got bit, it was almost instantaneous. They pulled him in the room there and cut his, they cut the lower half of his leg off. I mean, Tyrese had been sitting there for bleeding out. Yeah, God knows how long. You know, you bitten twice in the same arm. Would that really have helped him? You know, I thought about that, and my wife kept saying during the episode, "It's been too long." Yeah. 
because we did, really didn't expect Tyrese to die, so she thought maybe they were going to cut off his arm because, you know, no one's lost their hand in the show. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in the comics, Rick did lose a hand, so we thought maybe they'd do it to somebody else. Right. But I've been thinking about that ever since that episode a lot. When you get bit by one of those things, while you're still bleeding, it might not really be moving up because blood right. is coming you're, out. Yeah, you're losing Once blood. you clot, that infection that's there might start to move through the system. I don't know how this works. Right. Um, but I... I I thought about it. I'm like, well, maybe it makes sense because at first, even when Herschel got bit, I thought, the second you get bit, that's in your bloodstream and you're your, fucked. You're done. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, stuff, your stuff cycles every, you know, minute or so or twice right. a minute. But then I got thinking, but while you're bit or injured, you're bleeding out. Stuff right. So, so, blood, so blood's not circulating. It's, it's leaving. It's pushing, pushing out. Right. So maybe until you're, it starts to clot, you might be be able to save them. But yeah. I think after that, no. I mean, I don't think it's going to move through the tissue. It's going to circulate through your body. Right. right. So I, I mean, I, but like I said, you could see when the girls were pulling on his arm, you knew that Rick and those guys were there, and they were trying to to cut off his arm. I thought that was pretty cool that you know they showed that right at the end with uh, Michonne hacking off his arm. Thought that was kind of cool. But once I think once after that, you, you kind of had a feeling that he was going to die because, like you said, he's he, he was dead in the comic book already at this point. When they got to that point, he was already killed by the governor. So you kind of had I, I kind of feeling he was going to die. I didn't think he was going to die like that. And I was going to kind of go out, you know, like he tried to go out in, in one of the episodes when he's kind of sitting in the car there. Yep, and he went after him with a hammer. Yeah, I kind of thought that was going to be the way he would go out, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I think him dying has, has messed with Sasha. Oh, yeah. Him and Bob both being gone. she got nobody now. Um, you know, then uh, what happened after... Oh, then they were trying to get to D.C., um... And they're walking down the street there with the walkers kind of following them. And they're, you know, and, they, and people are always saying, well, why didn't they go back and just get rid of the walkers? They could have just gone back and, I mean, Michonne probably could have taken them all on herself. Yeah. You know, but you can kind of understand what they were saying. Why well, we're not going to do that because, you know, we don't have the resources right now. We're, you know, um, we're low on supplies, no food, they haven't eaten in, I don't even know how long. Ten days, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I always thought you couldn't go much more than a couple of days or so without water. I mean, they were looking for water, couldn't find it. Then they they found the water in the middle of the road and decided not to drink it. I mean, you can understand, but my whole thing of if it is is yeah, there's obviously there's other people out there that have, are still alive because you keep running into people, just the people in the in uh, Grady Memorial, Herschel on the farm. I mean, there's always other people around. Um, and to find water in the middle of the road, yeah, I think you'd be a little skeptic at first, but my whole thing is, are people really willing to poison other people at this point? Well, everybody they've run into has been bad news for them. I, I think, in, in thinking it from a rational mind, what does anybody have to gain by killing those strangers in the middle of a road? Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it would be kind of silly. Mm -hmm. um, but to them, always having to be on, you know, right. defensive, you know, ready to attack at any second. I mean, I guess I can kind of see that. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I understand that, but, you know, uh, when Aaron shows up and he says, well, I, you know, I'm the one left the water for you, then you, you got to think that there are some good people still left around out there. I mean, the people at Alexandria obviously have no idea what's going on. It was evident by when they went on the supply run two, weekend, two weeks ago with... Uh, Aiden. Aiden, you know and Nicholas. Yeah, 
you know, I mean, it's evident that they don't have really have a, a good grasp on how to to do these things and go on supply runs and protect themselves and stuff like that. Where Rick and these guys have been out in the thick of it for far too long. Right. It's showing up now. Yeah. You know, so. You know, I can I can understand. You know, the the whole supply run and stuff like that with uh, with Aiden being you know shoot at the Walker in the the camo with the shield and stuff like that. I mean, when the first few shots didn't do anything, yeah, at that point you gotta think of something else. I mean, that's what I'm getting at. They didn't, they don't know. I mean, obviously Glenn saw the grenades on his his best. That's the word. <laughs> Um, so he's trying to get him to stop, but, you know, I don't know. I, I just think that Rick and those guys kind of, they've kind of got to put their foot down at Alexandria and say, you know, this you guys want to survive, this is the way it's got to be because, you know, people are going to, it's, now this, this, this world, people are going to take what you have if they need it. I agree with you. I just wish Rick hadn't put down his crazy foot. Yeah. Oh, he put the crazy foot down. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can understand <laughs> and kicking the shit out of Pete. I mean, that that's something. Even in even in even in that time of age, you you don't hit anybody. You know, you don't hit a woman. We're gonna go PSA again. I mean, I don't care. You, you know, I I think I've told you before. I don't care how bad anything gets. I'm not. You never hit a woman. You know, so if that be the case, I can understand him kicking the shit out of Pete. But yeah, I think he went a little, little overboard with the the rambling speech, and then Michonne just you know cold cocked him. Which at first I didn't understand, but I kind of read about it a little bit. And in the comic book, she did the same thing. Um, so, but maybe you used to read the comic book, right? I've read the first six issues. You read, don't you? Yes. So I mean, is. Is that something that, um, they, I mean, obviously they've got a good friendship, the two of them. Yeah. Does it hurt their friendship? No, I don't think so. Um, is it, no, is it something that she did to protect him? Well, it's to protect everybody, because he was going too far. The, the interesting parallel be, between the comics and this is in the comics, Rick has never really come off this crazy. There was the time where he was talking to Lori on the phone. Instead of it being a phone at the prison, they were traveling. He kept the phone in his knapsack. He'd pull it out, take it out, and talk to her. He realized it was wrong. He eventually got his head together and he was all right. But the rest of the time, he was okay. During that period in the show, he was still crazy pants Rick. Whether he was talking to her on the phone or not, he just wasn't all there. Now here in Alexandria, now it's been a while since I read these issues, but I don't recall him coming off as, it's like I'm watching it and I was uncomfortable. I'm like, here we go. Rick's nuts. My wife said the same thing. She, it just, it, it, he just seems like he's completely off his rocker. It doesn't seem like it was that in the comic books. Just maybe he was being too forceful because he bounced back from it really quickly in the comic books. Um, here, I don't, and I don't want to say how because it might spoil the, the next episode. Right. I don't really see how they're going to turn around and trust him now. Right. And 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 are mild spoilers allowed? Sure, because by the time this airs, the the well, season, and season and I mean we we do spoilers anyway, and I don't know that the show is going to go in this direction. Um, what I will tell you is that sixty seventy issues later, they're still in Ag Alexandria okay. as one outpost of a number of them. 
So Rick's outburst doesn't damage his reputation to the point where he is not able to lead after that point. After seeing what we saw this past week, I don't see why anybody would trust him right. ever again. Basically, with the way he acted, he's damn near guaranteed that he's getting tossed out the door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, I think, where we're going to get left after tomorrow night's episode. That's going to be the cliffhanger, is what happens to Rick? Because I think they're going to toss him out, and you're going to see that a good portion of the group will not go with him. Yeah, but, uh, no, Sam was watching, um, they have, like, the snippets of the next episode, and, and uh, Maggie comes to, is it Deanna, or whatever her name is? Yeah. Um, and she kind of pleads with her to keep Rick there, and she basically says if he goes, you know, we're going to go with him because they're a family. I mean, they even, she said that when they first got there. I mean, they all stayed in the same house the first couple of nights, and she's like, well, that's good. That's what you guys know. You guys are a family. You've got, you've all come from different backgrounds to this point, and you've all survived to this point as a family. So, yeah, we can understand why you're not separating yourself because you don't want to be apart because you've been together for so long type of thing, you know? Um, so I think I, I think some of them will, will end up staying, I mean, but I, I have a feeling that, you know, like you said, I mean, they're still there, you know, six months or whatever, how long the comic book in the, the movie. Actually, I think at this point it's like years. Yeah, a couple of years, like right. three years. So, you know. they didn't jump ahead in the comics. Well, they jump ahead two years, and I'm trying to think. I mean, from where they are to where that jump started, it's probably a year. So wait, wait. Was All Out War before the jump or after the jump? Before. Because when they came back from All Out War is when they okay. did the jump. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean a year-ish. Something, al- something ask, along those lines. Let me ask you this question. Did they explain the, the whole W on the forehead? I don't remember. Um, I, I know that uh, I think uh, Scott Gimple said they are going to explain that okay. on tomorrow night. Um, I don't remember that from the comics, but again, where the show is is a couple years ago. Right, right. Book wise, I just so. I just wondered if the, maybe if in the comic book they they explained where that, that came from. Uh, you know, I don't remember it, so okay. um, I mean I don't think it could have been that big of a deal if if I don't even remember right. it happening. Right. Okay. Well, they're focusing on an awful lot. Right. You know. Oh they, yeah, they're clearly so it's. it's, it's it's they're making it noticeable on purpose, so there's there's something right because there's there was you know obviously the girl on the tied to the tree, she had one on her forehead. Obviously that was done before she died. Mm-hmm. Obviously I think all these you know that stuff, but it, you know it's like you said, there was the one walker at the wall had it on his forehead. There was the girl, then they had the whole truck full of them that when they first went, ended up uh, Noah's community there. So I mean it's, yeah. it's something that's going to be prevalent, but like you said, I'm, I'm hoping they explain it tomorrow night, because if i got to wait another six months, I might beat somebody. Now, here's a little snippet of information that might make you proud. <laughs> Did you know that Norman Reedus and um, the actress who plays Carol, what's her name? Um, um, mm, Melissa McBride. Yeah, I'm Melissa McBride. McBride. Um, they apparently both have put their houses up, for their Atlanta houses saw, up for sale. I saw that. Really? Yeah. They're wondering. The whole rumor around is they're wondering if that means that he is no longer part of the show, and if she's no longer part of the show. Now, the Walking Dead spoilers has stated they said absolutely not. Daryl will not die in the finale, and I guess they have a, a pretty close to hundred percent track record with this. So again, I read about this all in the same article. Well, people have said you know maybe he just wanted to buy a nicer house, right? 
you know, I mean, there could be lots of other reasons for it, but the timing is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For it to, for it to come out there that he's put his house up for sale, it comes out yesterday or today or whatever. And yeah. All of a sudden, tomorrow's the, the season finale. Now, now, what do you really think? Because you always see these things on Facebook. Um, if Daryl dies, we riot. <laughs> do you think that fandom would actually be affected by Daryl dying? No, I think you'll see a lot of internet bitching, but those ratings are going to stay exactly the same. Because that's what everyone likes to do. They bitch and complain, but you're still going to tune right back in. Now, I, I will give you... I have a bit of a different view on that. I do think that there is a... I hate to say female, because there may be a couple guys in there too, but a, a good segment of the population that really does tune in for Daryl. I don't think that they're gonna. it's going to hurt them as far as... Overall, they're still going to do fine. I actually think there are some people that are crazy about Daryl that would stop watching. I know some of them. Hmm. And it really is their whole reason to watch is to, to watch Daryl Dixon. I don't know why this one character has gotten that kind of a cult following. Uh, but in my personal experience, I know people that I think would stop watching if he died. Which is weird. It is. You know? Because normally when people say stuff like that, I, I don't buy it. I have the same opinion that you do. But I've seen people who, yeah, that's like... They want Daryl Dixon to have their babies. Crazy. Like he's a real person. I've, I've seen those. I've, I've read those articles. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, I like Norman Reedus as an actor. I mean, I've seen him in uh, one of my two favorite movies is uh, Boondock Saints. Love that movie. Boondock Saints, the second one. They're actually, they're actually coming up with a third one. Yeah, which makes me also wonder how he's going to fit it into his schedule. They'll, they'll find a way. You know, they, they have to. They can't but, do the yeah. movie without him. So I, I saw him in both. I saw him in uh, Boondock Saints, and I was like, man, this this is awesome. He was fantastic in that movie, so um, I'm a big I'm a big fan of his. Anyways, I mean, I don't. That's not the reason why I'm watching the show. And he, he'll tell you, I, I didn't watch the show to start. I, I couldn't. I didn't, didn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. No. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the whole zombie. Zombies scare him. They scare me too. So I and he even he said, but you know, we first started talking about doing this, and he's like, well, I said, well, I gotta figure, I gotta watch some of it just so I can we can have something to talk about. Besides, you know, Sons of Hurt. <laughs> so I started watching it, and you know what? It's a fantastic show. Uh, like you, I don't, I don't miss it. Um, I mean, some there's sometimes I may, I may not be right at the TV at nine o'clock to watch it. Like I may turn it on at like nine o five, nine ten, because I'm trying to get my kid to sleep, and I may doze off with him or whatever. But I don't wait until like Tuesday afternoon to watch oh, it or Tuesday night. We, to we watch don't it. start. In, I mean, Avery isn't in bed sometimes till the show is almost over. Um, but we watch it as soon as she's in bed. Yeah. We watch that and The Talking Dead immediately right after. It's the, the night I'm up the latest every week. Yeah. It's Sunday. Nice. So, You know, that's made me kind of wonder, since we're getting at the point now, if they start taking out characters, they're going to have to start taking out the main cast members. Um, I had a conversation with my coworker about this earlier this er, this week. And what if Andrew Lincoln decides, you know what, I've spent six years on this TV show. It's time uh, for me to go make some movies. Even though he, he's been he's stating even recently that he absolutely loves making the show, they've got so much more road to go. You know, the, the story has already been written. It's there. I just worry that, you know, even though it's, it's five seasons in, it still feels new, at least to me. Right. Um, I mean, what are they going to do when they get to that point? Is the cast really going to stay on? I mean, is it going to be another Supernatural where the cast is willing to keep making the show as long as people want to watch? Right. I hope so. I, mean, I can't there's a couple, see them recasting. They, yeah, there's a couple people they just can't do without. Right. Yeah. Rick being one of them. Yeah, Rick's yeah. one of them. Yeah. I, I definitely think, you know, we could get rid of Carl. 
But just saying. Carl's important to the the future story. It's, I don't know so, that, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I can't I can't see if if Rick lost Carl, Rick would lose Rick. We'd yeah. never get him back. I agree with that. Yeah, I can see that too. Right. I just don't like Carl. You Carl. <laughs> you have irrational hatred of Carl. I do. And it's not, like we've said before, it's not the, the actor that plays him. I'm sure he's a fine young man. I just fucking hate Carl. You have IHC. You're just <laughs> mad because he's getting more than you are. Mm, he, no. No, I guarantee <laughs> he's getting more than you are. Well, I did, no, the, the kid is, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no, Chandler is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm at the character. Carl? Well, yeah, Carl's that girl this week. He did. He did they didn't even kiss. Did you they? don't know nah. what they did in that tree trunk after uh, the cameras got away. Not yet. They were, and they were talking about that on the Talking Dead after. Did you watch Talking Dead after? No, I don't watch Talking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about how do adolescents, you know, the two of them, how, you know, how would they have like a <coughs> uh, romantic or whatever spin in that sh- in that series? Because you never know. The next day she could be dead. Right. The next day, the, you know, you could be out and get swarmed by. 20 zombies, you know, and you know, you're, you're thinking about getting laid, and the zombies over there trying to bite off your leg. You know, they, they kind of joked around about that on the Talking Dead afterwards, so I kind of thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so the way to get around that is you don't think about getting laid. As soon as two people realize they like each other, they just do it. Just do it and be done. Yeah. Do it. Just do it. And then, uh, obviously, the one, uh, the whole Noah being killed. Oh, yeah, and brutal oh. fashion. Yeah. And Glenn having to watch it, which was yeah. pretty... Uh, Steven Yeun did a great job yes, in that scene. Yeah. I mean, it, it all felt real, the, the screams and the, the tears, just... Yeah, yeah. that, was, that was probably the most powerful thing yeah. so far this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, I almost think that might be the most powerful thing I've seen on the show, period, was his reaction to Noah being torn apart. Yeah. Right in front of him, and nothing, he was literally like right there, and there's nothing you could do, you couldn't even... It might even be the most brutal... Uh, as... Up until that point, I thought Dale getting um, exploratory surgery in his midsection was yeah. one of the most brutal yeah. things we'd seen. I, I think that tops it. Yeah. yeah. And, they're, and they were talking that they toned it down. They were talking to Noah about it afterward. They were supposed to be, when well, I was supposed to stick his finger in his eye socket. Yeah. And, and pull his eye Did out. Did you notice that the, the dummy of Noah that they brought out? Yeah. On screen, everything looked like Noah. On on talking, yeah. Dead, looked nothing like, like him, it. but they were acting like it did. Yeah, like it really looked like it, but it didn't look anything like it. Yeah, <laughs> so they, they look more like Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> thriller video. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was. Lisa, that was pretty powerful to have to, for him to have to sit there. And then of course, you know, was it Nicholas? Was the yeah, that's comeback. Yeah, I got a feeling that 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 douchebag is going to be. Uh, I don't think he makes it out of the f- season finale alive. I think he does. I don't. I think he does. I think. Uh, I think at some point. Uh, I think at some point, you know, he goes out on a run or something like that, and the same thing happens, and he gets that, left behind. yeah, he gets left behind at that point. Because at some point, somebody's gonna be like, you know what? Fuck you! You, you bailed on everybody else. You know. So I think at some point he's gonna. He's either gonna get cornered somewhere, or he's gonna end up like Aiden. Stuck on a wall, and uh, they're gonna, you know, he's gonna be able to be saved, and they're gonna be like, I don't know, fuck you. You got everybody else behind, so we're gonna leave you behind. And even Aiden getting killed, that was pretty, that was pretty intense too. Yeah. You know, but nothing beat the Noah thing. I was like, holy crap. So I was just, and I was, I was one of the ones I was like, you know, not Noah, because 
you know, I was just, I, I like Noah's character. I mean, he didn't really have a lot to do in the, the in the, in the, the, the TV show at, at that point, but, you know, he was always, he was always, you know, willing to do what he had to do, so, which was kind of nice, but. And he was always leading people to their demise. True, you know. It's fine. The Talking Dead. Oh, one of the first things they said when he came out, and I forget who said it, but they said, um, "Everybody eats Chris." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that fantastic. was pretty So I think we've uh, pretty well wrapped that up. I think so too. So, uh, like I said, I, I do have a kind of a scaled back version of the WTF files. It's uh. It's actually something of a, of a trend I'm seeing at the workplace now, and it really skis me out. Um, I'll just do it in storyteller fashion. Uh, yeah, it's a bugger. It's all good. It's like a hair or some <laughs> shit like that. What the fuck? Uh, so I, on numerous occasions now, have walked into the men's room. And are people having sex? No, no. I would be less skeeved out by that. Oh. Picture this. You walk in to the men's room, and as those of the male persuasion know, we have urinals in the in the restrooms in most establishments, which for you know our female listeners, if they don't know, are stand-up toilets. They're peeing only. Yes. And it's a disturbing trend now where you will go in and see guys doing their business with. One hand on their junk, and the other hand on their iPhone or Android device, still scrolling through their phone while they're taking a piss. What the fuck is up with that? That's just disgusting. And with me being an IT guy, it's our duty to fix the phones if something goes wrong. Do you need to ask them that question? What the fuck? No. I'm not no, allowed to say that. on it. Um, no, I'm not. Dropped in the toilet? We've been told that phones have been dropped in the toilet. Oh, cause that's nice, because yes. at my store, usually they put it in their ha- your hand, say it's not working, and then tell you they dropped it in the toilet. Ooh. Numerous times. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's not bad enough that they're just scrolling through their phones, and I know of at least a handful of people that are popping into my mind now that I'm obviously not going to blow up their spot. But these are also non-hand washers. Uh, what the fuck is up with that? I got nothing for you. Yeah, I mean, if you want to play on your phone, sit down to pee. There you go. Enough said right there. On that note, <laughs> Mega Bite Me Bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. If you're enjoying us, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us everywhere. On Twitter, at GeekPod, G33KPOD. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekpod. Want to get in touch with us? Email us at contribute at geekpod.com.